Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a gladiator. If the message in Book of Eli was to keep walking through and forge through the fire and carry the knowledge, we're talking about this man. They were talking about him. He's the leader amongst men, a lighthouse for those who live their lives through the waves of music. Ladies and gentlemen, rapper, songwriter, producer, award-winning artist, award-winning video, music god, film director, show writer, and a very honest, upfront wisdom and knowledge bearer, Pudgy the Fat Bastard. <sighs> I might never stop clapping. You said that. That was the best intro I heard in my life. All right, bro. All right. And hey, man, it's all facts. It's about you. It, it, that, nah, that when is... I get my next award, you're going to do the intro. Yo, yo, Shane, tell them who I am. Yeah, that was it right there. Hey, I can't, I cannot, I would be remiss to say dope actor as well. Fire. Singer, too. You left out singer, but I'll let you rock. We on, <laughs> we'll tweak it. We'll tweak it before the Grammys. You good. Yeah, we'll tweak it for the Grammys. You good, good. Are you ready to get, how you feeling today, first of all, man? Nah, I feel amazing. I feel blessed. I feel, and I know people say that, and you know, I hate to even have to defend a statement because we are independent of other people, mm-hmm. but just for people when they listen, I feel blessed because of the many visible tangent blessings that God has shown me. Like, you know, my father had cancer, non-cancer surgeries. He's, he's free and clear of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of people pass away from COVID and you know, my kids are well, my parents are well, my sister and her kids are well, my brothers, everybody. Good. So, you know, the blessings are, are there and I can see them, touch them and realize them. So I feel blessed. Absolutely, that's a great energy to have. That's a great energy to have. Yeah, I can relate to the energy, you willing stuff to your attention. That's one of the most important things. You can will stuff to you. Even if you're in a bad mood, you're willing bad energy to you, whether you don't know it or not. So control your moments, mm. man. You ready to get this thing started? Oh, I thought we started, yeah. Nah, nah, we didn't start yet. That, that was just an honest was... question. How you feeling, you know? Are you ready to drop uh, these gems and answer these questions today? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to talk to another um, powerful black brother. That's, if that's what that is, then yeah, I'm doing that. All right, you got, mm, all right, here we go. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? That question is so, it's, it's such a, a group of people that make, that forge me and my identity. I can't, I cannot say, I can't say one person. Um, <clears throat> I could never put my finger on one person. You know, at any moment I could give those people their accolades or give them their respect for the things that they've contributed, you know. My grandmother, she, you know, she showed me what unconditional love is. And I don't, I'm not sure if I've, I've seen it since then from my parents. But, she, you know, outside of that, my grandmother made me understand what love and respect and listening and understanding and tolerance look like. Um, mm. my, my, my other grandmother, she did the same and not in the same way. But she she loved on me in a way that when I looked out into the world, I knew what I was looking for if I was looking for love. Uh, but I have a lot of friends, male friends, female friends, that exhibit 
authentic traits and authentic behaviors and ways of being as human beings that I look to emulate. I adapt some of those ways. Um, if then if they don't fit me, I still find reverence that I can give to them for the things that I see them do and the way that I see them staying true to who they are. They're not inauthentic. So for me, that's what I think um, I look for in a person. And it has not been one person. It has been the people that I have chosen to become my foundation and my circle. Um, they, they exhibit those type of qualities. So it's not, it's definitely not one person. We actually are the sum of our experiences. And I love the answer you gave. We all know cream rise to the top, but if you can give me two or maybe three gems out of that synopsis of people that rose to the top of you, that you, that stick with you to this day, something they taught you, something they spoke. It do have, you don't even have to name them. Just give me some tips or gems that we can leave right here for the people listening. Well, you know, I talk about these things a lot and um, you've been in my Bipolar Chronicles Clubhouse yeah. group. So you hear some of the things I talk about. Some over the top, some, you know, very adult and very um, stoic and stern. But I... Um, Come on, stoic. I hear you with the words. Come on, let's go. I love words. Let's get it. Oh, that's nothing. Uh, I think that my mom said to me one time, you know, I was finding it, especially in the music industry and other industries like it, I was finding that I was supporting people. And this was early on, 90, 1991. I was supporting people, showing up to their studio sessions, helping them write their songs, listening to their issues, counseling on them on how to be better people. And, and I found that when I needed those shoulders to lean on or those listening ears, they weren't present and available for me. And my mother said to me, and it stuck with me, she said, if you're everybody's rock and you continue to be everybody's rock, one day you're gonna realize that everybody around you is soft and you don't have a rock to lean on. Mm. And from that from that point, I started to pick, uh, you know, in the words of Erica Badu, I started to pick my fruits, my friends like apples, you know? And I found some rotten ones and I got rid of them. And that for me was a big thing. My father, my father taught me martial arts. My father taught me the streets and my father taught me how to calm the gorilla that lives inside of me, is the best way I could say it. There is an uncontrollable force. I call it the warrior spirit as well, because I realized that the Lord has made some people warriors. Uh, I, you know, I took from what my father said about being a warrior. And when I go forward to help other people, I realize that a lot of people don't want to be complicit when you're supposed to be complicit. They don't want to align themselves with situations that would further the the community, the culture, the human experience. And, you know, I, I, I tell people, okay, this is a moment we need, let's just make it a protest. This is a moment where we need to protest and stand up for, you know, what we expect and, and, and exclaim our, ex, our expectations so that people can understand where we're at, where we're resonating from, and at least hear those concerns in a way that they may be addressed. And hopefully we can implement some of the things that we want. Many people will cower down in the moment that you're trying to fight for what you think is just and correct, but they will 
immediately benefit off of someone else being the martyr. So you may get fired because you were the voice at your job that complained about this thing. And then they changed this protocol, but you're no longer there. But the people who didn't want to join you and watch you got fired now have an increase in their raise. Now they can take an hour long break because you explained how an, a half an hour break in two 15 minutes was not fair with the workload and being asked to stay three hours over your schedule. Those people will immediately benefit from you standing up and saying, no, this is wrong. But when you're asking them to join with you and say, no, this is wrong. So it can be a multitude of voices. They disappear into the shadows, the shadows that you spoke of earlier. So uh, I, I feel that I, I make sure that when I speak to people, I think about my place in things. I tell people, you guys are the guys that if Harriet Tubman said, I know we, we could get out of here if we just find the Underground Railroad. And a lot of those people say, oh no, Master's gonna beat us. I just wanna go along to get along. But when she finds the Underground Railroad and everyone's safe, now they're gonna look around and run out behind y'all hours later, of course, because you've already laid the groundwork for them. So I learned those type, you know, understanding those type of behaviors and understanding the warrior that I was from my father. He, he you know, when he came to look at me against other things, he realized I was a fighter. He realized I don't have a voice that will be silenced. I would die for what I believe in. Even when my inner voice is saying, shut up, I don't shut up. It's, it's like, this ain't right. <laughs> so um, those are, the, are two of the things that I can immediately bring to the forefront uh, as examples of the things that I've taken from people and, and I'm taking them forward with me and they've helped shape me in life so much you said that i really appreciate so many things that went through my mind i'm gonna try to see if i can calculate and get them all out in a sufficient right. way your mother gave wisdom your dad gave understanding and i think that's one of the greatest things i took from it right i look at mm. what you're I, I look at what you're i look at what your dad said and i want to give a metaphor watching wrestling in the 90s there was a wrestler by the name of the ultimate warrior and we love the ultimate warrior for one great thing. He would run out, save people, shake the ropes, get crazy and run back out. And that's, and you do like this ultimplex and that's it. What your mom gave you was the ability to be Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. She made you well-rounded because all we remember the ultimate warrior for is his moments of, uh, let's see. Mania. Mom. In moments of mania, right? He just turn, turn, he shakes the ropes. Oh, he's coming. Oh, great. Boom. But we remember The Rock and Stone Cold and all these people were being well-rounded. They were bad sometimes, good sometimes, but everybody loved them because they were full circumference. And the thing you Absolutely. spoke about was your parents giving you wisdom and understanding and making you a whole man. And I appreciate that statement because someone needs to hear that, that it's okay to be a warrior if you have intent. Where Absolutely. you put that warrior spirit is very important because we need soldiers. We need warriors. Absolutely. We need wisdom makers. We need a lot of things. But any any of those used out of the wrong intent hurts us as a whole and just hurts society, period. It causes a ripple. Well, I think I think when we when we talk about people, um, you know, education to people is not something I'm a proponent of and an, an advocate a passionate advocate for education and not all of it is institutional education, but life education and life experience and experiential knowledge. And I see that people are resistant 
when it comes to understanding you need to be in it to understand it from both sides and understand the 360 view instead of the 180 because if if you're doing a 180 you have your back turned right so if you're doing a 360 you're taking total and complete surveillance of, of, of the room and I found that um, when I deal with people, if they haven't walked the walk, the things I do, the ways I behave, they're not accessible to them from their point of view. You can only view things through the lenses that you're given is what my grandmother used to say. And that is experience. Experience provides eyesight, right? So the, your range of vision is limited because you only know things in a tw 23 degree range of vision when there's a 360. So I, I know that I talk to people about leadership styles and, you know, you were just talking about warriors and yeah, we need soldiers, but we need leaders, but we need leaders that were soldiers that are soldiers that are leaders that could be soldiers when they need to be, mm -hmm. that could also be part of a whole union. And I tell people of the three leadership styles, you should be able to, if you're the one with most knowledge, lead from the front. And when you've taught the other people what you know, you can lead alongside. And when you think that they've got it, you can fall back and let them be the first wave of battle. The problem is there are people that don't want to learn. There are people that don't want to teach. There are people that want to remain the hierarchy or be make it a monarchy. So they turn into this dictator and they want soldiers, but some of those soldiers need to be leaders because they'll provide what a different range of vision when there are things happening, when a war ensues, they can say, well, I was on the other side and I know you haven't been on the other side in a long time. And over there, they, they're building forts but you need that. But if you're this person who silences all the other voices around you because you're the be all to end all, at the end of the day, you, sh you shut yourself off from newer knowledge, even though you have a plethora of knowledge. So I feel like everyone needs to keep learning. You could be a warrior that graduates to a leader, but you still need to join the ranks. And I hear, this, I hear a lot of people talk about it at work. They're like, I don't work a job, but I'm talking about at their job. People say, oh, my boss is always complaining that things should be done in this time frame, but they never do our job. And I believe that if someone's sitting in an office with the AC on and you're out in the field, you know, building a building, they're like, y'all should have had these two floors built, but they don't realize all the obstacles you face, you know, there were bags of cement that weren't delivered. There were mm -hmm. uh, rebars that didn't show up. You had to wait for a shipment. They don't understand the pains and the growing pains and the, the everyday obstacles that someone's facing. So they now have what? Limited their vision. And they're leading in a way that's incorrect because you're leading what? Without knowledge. You don't mm -hmm. know what's going on. You know, you know, it's so interesting about that. And we and we we can close it out here if you'd like, and we can continue. It doesn't, it doesn't, I don't mind. The experiences of people causing them to go into effect to their experience, like people who are bullied, people who didn't have things. Now they focus on not the knowledge of growth, they focus on maintaining, staying away and not 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 accepting the experiences and learning from it. I recently spoke to a cousin, she's a female. 
she dates a guy and and he says something to her that was triggering. I hope he's not watching. <laughs> he said so he triggered you. No, he didn't trigger me. It was just uh okay. I was just listening to him. Or what what she said. Mm-hmm. And she said that But he it set off red flags, you said. Yeah, it's it was just weird. It was just like he said, I'm finally cool enough to be in the in crowd. And that experience of whatever happened to him, I'm not being in the in crowd, he carried it. Instead of realizing his experiences, probably his moments up, he's been above it. He just didn't, it wasn't relevant to him until that moment, but you've been above it. You're actually going backwards in your experience to dumb down yourself to an experience that you needed to experience to be the best person you are. That makes sense. Let me make myself abundantly clear to you. The in crowd of followers, follow me. The in crowd of followers. We talk about this all the time. If I need to wear Balenciagas for you to say you can hang out with me, you don't, you've never spoken to me besides five sentences. You don't know what I could fucking do for you. You don't know how I could help you reshape your thinking, fix your business, fix your computers. I know dudes that wear a white tee and dirty vans all day long and they got a gaggle of knowledge, a myriad of things they could do. And you have no idea because the lenses that you're viewing them through are limited to boutiques. I don't want to, like I talk to people and they like, yo, you don't want the new brand new J. Like I wear fire shit, but my shit is always, you've never seen it. And it, it, and it could have caught, listen, I've worn $20 sneakers from China that people go, yo, what are those? And I go, yeah, there, yeah. you'll never get them because you need the dude seeing you coming out of the bodega going, those are the new 13s, you're fire. Dude, I'm fired with this white tee on, these sneakers you've never seen, these jeans that I bought wherever, and then I ripped them up, distressed them, painted them, my identity is all in here, but unfortunately, you don't have an identity, so you'll never get here. So what you need is the, the suit off the mannequin. You need the Nike Techs, and you need the Balenci's, and you need a couple of Cubans so that everyone can say, oh, he made it. When Chad, my man, and I was just talking about this, Chad Ochocinco said, when I got my deal, you know, playing with the NFL, I went and bought all fake jewelry. (laughs) People was like, what? He said, I went and bought all fake jewelry. He said, I'm rich. You know I'm rich. Why am I going out and spending my rich money on something to make you think I'm rich? You know I'm rich. I don't need to do that. I don't need to dress. My homeboys call it dressing for other dudes. I'm not dressing for other dudes. I'm dressing for me and females like it and dudes be like, damn, I wish I had a style like you. I never knew it, but I never, I I used to be 400 pounds. So when I was that weight, I couldn't dress like y'all could dress because they ain't make that size. So I had to use it the same way you're saying about homeboy. I had to find what was in me that was going to reflect outwardly. So my identity was found in other types of clothes. No. They wasn't what you liked, but when you saw it on me, you said, oh, your, your style is lit. I'm like, little do you know, 
I probably would rock with you, Rock, but they don't make that side. It's too much material. Right. So that's what I'm saying. For him, he's elevated exactly. past that. So that wants to go put on said. that suit. You still want to... Guess what? It. What I'm telling you is he found his it, but he's not respecting. You found your it, bro. Yeah. You found you it. Got it. But so the problem is you don't know that you're already the thing that they will follow, but you don't believe in it. So neither will they. Ow. You want to believe in them. I tell they like, yo, you don't want these new Jordans? I said, bro, so we, we could go to a club and I look down and I don't know whose feet is mine? No, I don't want those sneakers. <laughs> I want something I found. Like, I'm not, listen, you'll never see, if you see me rocking something somebody else got, it's it's, it's a one, it's a, it was a, oh, I really needed that hoodie because I liked it. Now, now, I'm not going to- Oh, it gave it to me for free. I'm not going to sit here and let you do that. I'm not going to let you know I'm not going to let you do that because we both from New York. Now, you know the thing in the early 90s is that we could not wear what someone else is wearing. So that is a part of it too. Our culture, when we grew up, we was wasn't trying to rock what everybody else is rocking. That's a part they of it. They lost that. They lost that. That's gone. <laughs> they threw that out. Yeah, I'm just saying, you got it still. You still got it. You got an old janitor key. You got the old janitor key to the knowledge. I already... Bro, I already, the weight, like you said, I had to find, you You. You said it off rip. I just was amplifying it. No, I appreciate, God I appreciate made that. Me, God made me find my it. Right. I did not know that's what was happening. And probably like him, I was torturing myself like, damn, I wish I could get that Coca-Cola hoodie they was get. But they made Coming it. Damn, side. I wanted that acid wash suit. But when I look back, I never wanted an acid wash suit since trash. <laughs> So God had been saving me all along. You are correct. And and and, and people got to think about what is he saving you from now? But that's a whole nother conversation. Like I believe Facts. he put me in this chair. Uh, I did a lot of things in my life in entertainment that I was trying to get to, but it didn't sit me in front of important people like yourself speaking about manhood. I've always been trying to do that, but I never realized it. So once I accepted that experience and took that knowledge, sat me right here in this chair in front of you today. Nah, but you took ownership of that. That's that's fire, bro. A lot of people won't. They know that they know what they thing is, but again, they won't. They won't. They won't fuel that. They go fuel something else. You pouring fuel into a car that's gonna get you where you want to go, and that's valid. I will be honest. For the first time, I have a GPS. Before, I used to get in cars and just have driving. That wasn't enough. Listen, I I feel like. You so fire that you might get lost and find it on your own, bro. You might look and be like, oh shit, I'm right here. <laughs> Absolutely. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Come on. What are we talking about? Do you have a vision board? Uh, yo, why my headphones doing? They well. You can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, oh, but they don't want to stay late. This is trash. I yes, I have a vision board. I do. Um, but not one on my wall. That's cool. My vision board is in my head. Um, I'm. I guess from all the stuff that I am, was, been, did, does. Um, I like that. I am, I, everything is a vision to me, man. I, everything is a vision. Everything I see is, I want to do that. 
okay, I want to do something like that. I'm going to do that. Okay, that's how I want it. But I want it to be like this and I just take it with me. I don't have it on a wall somewhere where I wake up and I look at it. It's already there. Well, I, I the new the new vision board could be in your phone. It could be in your head. As long as you have a vision. Oh, okay. And yeah. So I, I want to so pause the, the show. I want to pause the show for a second because we have these moments. And I want to tell you that you just gave me a t-shirt and we need to make money off this t-shirt. I am what I is, does, was, is. Whatever you just said, that is a dope t-shirt. Listen in, don't take our stuff. Who's ever listening? We're going to put it up and we're going to make money off of it. But if you can give me two... Oh, hold on, I can't hear you. You hear me now? Yeah. Say something? All right. If you can give me... Yeah. If you can give me two apex goals, one that you achieved and one that you're currently chasing right now. Yes. Uh, damn, just two? I mean, well, if you would like to give, we want to know one that you achieved so we know it's possible because someone else did it. Sometimes we learn from each I other's library. I got 10,000 though, bro. I got 10,000. Okay, 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 let's do it like this. Give me, give me, give me three of those and give me one apex goal you're currently chasing. The one that's like, you didn't make it yet, but that's the one. I could do that. Let's um, do it. I, I wanted to get a record deal. I got two of them. That was that. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I didn't like my speaking voice. I want to rap and I want people to hear my voice and I want them to love it. I did that. Uh, I was 400 pounds. I wanted to lose weight. I lost 90 pounds. I did that. Um... <laughs> I wanted to write for a lot of the artists that I listened to in the beginning. I'm on five songs on Rakim's Seven Seal album. Um, my first demo was me rapping like Rakim. I'm on five choruses on his last, on his Seven Seal album under my government name, Tracy. Um, I'm on that. Nobody knows that. Um, I wrote for Roxanne Shantae. Exclusive. Um, I worked with, yeah. So listen. You know, I knew Left Eye and them in the beginning. I wrote five songs on her Supernova album. I, like, goals to me, listen, again, as much as I'm talking about it now, it's all God. You know, it's all the power of manifestation and the law of attraction. I I believe that I'm so in tune with the Lord and I keep my karma clear and I keep my, um, my positive pathways open. And I help others. I don't just think about myself. I think about future things. So those things, go ahead, what? No, I'm, I'm listening to you. You say you was a change agent for those things and you were able to culminate yourself. But with each one of those, I would like you to take a brief synopsis on how you did it, right? This is for people that might be listening. Somebody might want to get a record deal. Somebody might want to lose weight. Somebody might want to be a writer. If you can give like maybe sure. three points to each one to break it down, because this is, you know, this is the how-to show. We need to know, like, oh. it's great. But we want to know how you even get the role started, how you stay consistent in being there. So so when I give it to God, I have to say there's a lot of hubris when you say I hubris. did. Come on. Right? So um I, I can't sit here and take all the credit because I'm gonna tell you. I really believe that I'm a linear thinker. That's just what it is. I'm a linear thinker. When I set myself on a path, I cannot stop until it's done. They call me a taskmaster. 
taskmaster. I can't um, stop. I can't sleep. I can't think until mm -hmm. it's done. It's it's going to annoy my spirit. I feel like I failed, not God, but I failed using the gifts properly that he gave me. I threw my determination to the wind. Uh, so what I could say, if we want to talk about goals, yes, I achieved all those things, but I achieved those things through determination and, and the belief that God was going to get me there. That's the how. All the other stuff I could say is, is fluff, it's filler. I could tell you everything that happened. Okay, I, one day I decided uh, I wanted to lose weight and I was tired of being 400 pounds. I always had a girl, I had the girls that dudes wanted. They always liked me over them. I was like, but he got the basketball player body. He's ready to go, you don't, you don't want him? You want me? Why? Why waste your time? He's fat. ready to go. Okay. <laughs> I got, he's ready to go. I want more cake. And then they got the Jamaican restaurant that's open up. Then I really like, um, you know, ice cream and cake. You don't really want me because I'm going to continue on this fat path. You still, you sure you want me? All right, fine. No problem. Got to give you what you want. But I never felt like, oh, she's going to pick me until later on. Um, things would just happen. It was God showing me my worth, even when I was not cognizant of mm what it was i was not able to bask in my own glory and i think that was good mm. i think that the people that find or or, or that people afford them all these luxuries because of how they look in the formative years they end up falling victim to that or as we used to call it reading their own bio and they don't develop other personality skills they they are flawed in their character more than others. They have the propensity to be the types of personalities that eat themselves alive. So I, I'm gonna take, I'll take things in pieces. I, when, I, when I was tired of the weight issue for me, not because I had issues with female, I had kids. I was getting out, people wanted to fuck me all, all right, okay, we can go after the club. All right. I never, it was never me in the corner not getting picked. So God was still, I wasn't recognizing it then, but I was never longing for a shorty, but chicks like me, period. Um, but I still, I was so obsessed with my weight, I wasn't even able to enjoy those situations. I absolutely would, would have sex with chick, do whatever, but still go home and be like, I'm fat. So, um, and I didn't need nobody else to tell me. I mean, people liked my weight. I never really got except when I was probably like, you know, uh, first grade, you know, when you start getting, you know, third grade, you know, you're like, oh my God, you're fat, you know, you, mm -hmm. but in the real, even then by seventh grade, chicks were saying, I had like real thick glasses. I don't wear glasses anymore. I had LASIK, but chicks, you know, my eyes are hazel, they turn green. So chicks would say, you gonna be a shorty when you get older. <laughs> and in my mind, it was God again, showing me what I did not know, but other people were seeing it and he was sending me messages. And if you're in tune with the Lord, you're going to receive the message and not discount it as a signal that means nothing. I am a signal receiver. I, I receive everything. I'm hyper cognizant to the world and to the signs around me. It's just how mm. I work. The frequencies, uh, the, the spiritual healers have, have said, I have the light. My grandmother, who could not speak any English. She was Puerto Rican. 
she said, I have La Luz when I was a child. And there was just something throughout the years, old Jamaican healers I would go see would be like, you have the gift and people want to steal it from you. And I would never get it because I'm just me. You know, we're just us, right? Right. But there was always something. And, and even now, chicks call it the glimmer. Like, my homegirls I hang out with be like, oh, look, God, this, this chick called me. Like, what's up with him? This chick called me. Like, what's up with him? She's like, you done glimmered another chick. I'm like, all I said was hello and spoke. So whatever gifts God bestows upon us, we may not be automatically privy to or in tune with, but they exist mm -hmm. just because it's just like everything else. Just because you don't see the value, the value exists. The value is omnipresent. It, at all times. So uh, I, my sister had an iPod. This is when the first generation iPod came out. And, you know, I was born with bronchial asthma, undeveloped lungs. So I wheezed till I was like 13. And, you know, I, I kind of got out of that, but I really still have, even when it gets hot outside, I can't breathe, you know? So, uh, she had the iPod and I said, I really want to go jogging. She said, you can take my iPod. I didn't make it four blocks jogging. That's how out of shape I was. Um, but something that the Lord uh, sent to inspire me, woke me up the next morning and told me to go do those four blocks again. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I did not will it upon myself. I woke up like a zombie and said, get dressed, get the iPod and go jogging. I did four blocks. I was like, well, I'm the four block jogger. I went out the next day and did four blocks. And before I knew it, I was doing five miles and people around my way were saying, what are you getting ready for? <laughs> I was like, life, bitch, yeah. life. life. I don't know what you're talking about. So, so <laughs> that's how that's how the way, <laughs> go ahead. No, I'm not. I'm gonna let you finish because you got to give us the apex goal that you're currently chasing too. Don't forget that one. But what you said about God and determination is very valuable. And I am a victim. I am a victim of what you said. Worrying about my personal self love over my experiences. And I gotta. And I'm still dealing with that right now. Like when when I um when I when things everybody has something they don't like on their body or something they want to work on or something they want to work on tangibly or that's actually omnipresent like you said i have to stop doing that and i appreciate that jim i have to stop and live in the reverence like you were one of the people in dj aries like why you don't got no pictures up about where you live right because i'm always worried about everything else except basking in what i'm in and it, that's evidence right there to what you're talking about. I had no pictures about where I live. Yeah, but that's not evidence. That's sad. <laughs> Let me tell you something, bro. Let me tell Here we you go. If you, if, listen, I tell everybody this. My best friend was murdered when I was 23. He was shot eight times. Then Tupac became one of my best friends. He was killed. Life is not promised. I could go on with the list because we from the hood, right? Mm -hmm. But the important people to me were taken and I had to recover each time because they were they were people that fortified me and, and kept me afloat as a person and validated me and, and 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 reaffirmed things that I needed, poured things into me that mentally helped me flourish and nurtured the things that were good about me and helped me fortify the things that were not, that could be harmful to me. So 
I think people do not give themselves a moment. We always hear stop and smell the roses. Tomorrow is not promised. My homeboy one time went home, got in the bed with his daughter, his two daughters and his wife and died in his sleep. He was 25. Listen, everything you do, every record deal, every song, every interview, every kiss to your wife, all of that is a moment. But we are so selfish about what we want, what we think we should have, what's bothering us, who got on our nerves, that we can't even take an hour at least out of that day to say, I'm blessed. That's not a thing for me. I, I can't live under that umbrella. What you think is the umbrella that you live under. If you're okay with that, no problem. Myself, on the other hand, I'm the person that, if you're my friend, you're gonna get unsolicited unsolicited disrespect at any moment. Um, I'll give you, I, I'll get to my apex in a minute, but. No, no, I, yo, I'm not rushing you. I'm not rushing you. It's funny because I've just, I've listened to you speaking and the reason, the reason why I never post anything, I think because of my Bronx training, right? It, I had to get out of that way of life, that thinking, how, how you got to move, right? I don't have to move that way anymore. So I had to elevate myself. How old, how old are you? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm 30. This? I'm 39. Let's keep keep it a buck. I'm 39. I'm about to be 40. So you know what you are? You're childish. <laughs> so let, let's, let's keep it. Let's keep it a buck. If you are a slave to the boutique buying, no, no, no. That, that that's listen, definitely that's definitely just, not me. You just said my you just said my Bronx training. No, I'm no. Talking about the people that own that mindset is what I was saying. No, well, see, let me let me give it let me give a further backstory. Okay. Let's, like let's you know. Go how you move with it's bullshit i don't believe you no i know you you don't gotta believe me but here how you move in the streets and how you move and when you show up in ways people can attack you that's a real thing right growing up wait 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 say it again how you move and what you expose of what's going on and then how people can attack you looking at who you are what you have that's a real thing so i kind of grew up with that and i shook that off for a long time I did. Nah. I did. I would. I did. I no, shook no, that no, off. Not that. Not that. Not that. I'm saying it, this. I'm a firm believer, bro. in who you come up with as a kid is what's going to save you from being tortured or not as an adult. I never grew up with people that let what I reveal to somebody be a fit, like it, you. There's no weapons. Oh, I'm not talking I, about. I'm not talking listen. about the day ones. I'm talking about in period. Like I move around about, a lot. I'm talking about nobody, bro. I'm talking about nobody. Nah, I, I don't trust me. the world like that, brother. I'm sorry. I don't trust the world like Listen that. Listen to me. Listen to me. I love what, this right what, here. Let's, okay, let's give, break give, it down. Give me, give me an example. Give me an example right now. What? When you let somebody in your circumference and they can use stuff against you that you don't know? Yeah, let's let's get it. Hmm. I gotta really think about that. On the first day of Christmas. Oh, ain't no, and, and look, listen, listen. Nah, nah, I'm, so, I'm so just you keeping mean, the theme music going while you thinking. No, no, ain't no theme music. I got a theme music playing in the background. So the question to you is, so so you have something that people want. Somebody gets kidnapped and ransomed for what you want, what you have. They wouldn't know you had these things if you're not posting it, showing it too much. You know, those type of things. That's what I mean. Like, I live okay. in a... okay. All right, so, so I'll take that, right? But there's a certain level of intuitive behaviors that you should be taking and implementing in your life, right? Absolutely. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
the, if you have things, as my mother says, there's only so much shielding you can do. If you drive a nice car, what the fuck are you gonna do? Drive it under a garbage bag? Hey, listen, like, I am if, not, listen, I don't, I don't have, I'm not, I'm never speaking nothing from materialistic value. I don't have, I don't like, I don't buy stuff. What I do but you is, said, but you said, if you have stuff, people gonna keep, what they kidnapping you for then? I'm talking about family. Like your weaknesses your and who you are. Your family's kidnapping you? No, 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 not family. People kidnap your family. When they find out who- Who's your family, bro? Listen, listen. Who you related to? <laughs> when you find out, when people find out what your weaknesses are in terms of family, they can use that. They can't find a weakness somewhere else. They want to kidnap your family, kidnap but certain I need, things. I need, a, I need a weakness, bro. Like, what are you, oh, you saying somebody would want to kick, bro, but that's what I'm saying. But no, that's, but that, that's what I said. That was brainwashed to me as a kid. This is what I'm yes, saying. Yes. So I had it took me a little time. I, I thought you respectfully. I excuse me. Respectfully, I thought you were talking about people saying shit to you. So no. We were, we were on a different level. No. I, if you talking about, I thought you saying when you reveal your innermost thoughts to people, then they can use it. Oh, no, nah, no, nah, nah, Talking about. Nah. Okay. We talking about. But you, you know, talking to a listen. You. I know who I'm talking to. Hold on, you talking to a nigga whose family was lit, who went and got a record deal. Nigga, I've been, as my mother calls it, on on all the time. But how you move is how you motherfucking move. Right. Who you align yourself with. Niggas know who to, <laughs> niggas know who to fuck with. And it could sound, listen, you got a one dummy who think they still, so I'm not, listen, fear belongs to the devil as a tool. But God is not in tune with fear and God is not a God of confusion. Absolutely. I'm not motherfucking confused, bro. So listen, Absolutely. For so me, for me, I'm gonna rock my chain. I'm gonna, my, you're gonna know who I am. You're gonna see me on TV. If you come in, I'm over here. Like, hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Is, I, 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 I'm absolutely what you're saying right now, and I, I am accepting what you're saying 1,000. percent But when I speak for that, I'm not talking about rocking my chain. I'm just talking merely of the way that it was instilled in me from the men in my life that I had to grow past yes. and then now expand and hear when knowledge is being spit to me. That's why when you say to me, bro, why you ain't got no pictures where you at? I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about the podcast. I'm thinking about what I got to do next, who I got to speak to. Like you said, driven. And I didn't stop to take reverence to where I've been already. And I, and I attribute to that to my drive, but I also attribute it to how I grew up was probably creeping back up on me and I didn't notice it because it never, it never dies down. It, I mean, it never grow, it never shrinks, but it's there. So, but I've never been afraid of anything. But sometimes people don't know to be afraid; they're just conditioned. And I was able to maneuver out those potholes that I grew up in and you're get my mind straight. Conditioned to be afraid. Yeah, because but you I, just I, said I'm not. I'm not afraid anymore. But as a child, you you move around like, oh I'm, man, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, listen, I, I have two ears. And I listen, so be careful. <laughs> oh, hey, listen, hey, I got both of those too, and I appreciate that. Let's get back to the I, apex of what you were saying. Uh, <laughs> first, your thought. I like first, how you be doing. I see you trying to curb me. I'm watching you. Bro. No, no, I said first. <laughs> I first finish your thought, and then we get back to the apex. I just want to remind you that we're no, talking about. But finish listen, your. Thought. I'm here for you, see. No, 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 no. I like this. this finish listen. your thoughts. Finish I, your I, thoughts, I, I, but no, don't forget we're talking about the apex. All right. So, uh, oh, you want, okay, let me incorporate you into the apex. So, no, no, finish your thought. Finish your thought, then don't forget that's what we're talking about. Yeah. No, no. Listen, um, I'm trying to tell you, kid, 
Like, hit me with the kid. I'm not a part of it. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a. Stop getting caught on those words. Now I'm just messing I'm with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm just um, messing with you. Go ahead. Um, I'm not a part of the hive mind. I've never been. I'm not a part of the collective. It's not gonna happen. I don't have an iPhone. I don't think in all white. I think in colors. So at the end of the day, when I hear niggas talk certain shit, niggas be damn, I wish I could be more like you. You could, bitch. All you gotta fucking do is do it. I for me, I'm a very listen, I'm a logophile. I tell that everybody, oh, I am a lover of words. I am a fountainhead. I am a sharer of knowledge. These are dictionary words. I tell people, you you too could learn everything. You could get the word of the day to your phone. You could study. I just went back to school and got another degree. I didn't have to. I wanted to. I said, niggas is flying drones in, in eighth grade. Let me go talk to some of those kids and sit alongside them in class and see who I am versus that. I already have a degree. I went and got another degree. And I just graduated last year. I feel like people stifle themselves. I'm not trying to talk to anybody who has fear. They're indoctrinated. They're part of the hive mind. They're fearful of what other people think. We all have been conditioned and conditioning is good. Conditioning teaches you standards. Conditioning teaches you how to coexist. I'm cool with all of that. But when I start to talk to people and you 49 and you telling me the same type of shit you would have told me at 17, it's a disconnect and I have to go that away because you are going to pull me back. I'm not 20. I don't got that many years to waste around motherfuckers that need to be brought. Your parents failed you. The system failed you. I'm fucking out, bro. Because they tell you, if you're the smartest nigga in the room, you fucked up. I want to be around niggas that's pulling me up. I know a lot of shit. You know more shit? Oh, you know shit about that? I don't know that shit. Teach me that shit. I don't want to be around people that's like, teach me everything you know, because I know nothing. You know what I'm doing at that point? Investing. I'm investing and building. What the fuck is this? You're not my son. Nah, that's to do with your kids. When we brothers and we are of like mind and like spirit, we can share knowledge. We can build each other. But I don't want to be around people that I have to reshape because that's not my motherfucking job. So when I talk to you about the things that I'm saying, those are the things. If you listen deeper and take it away from yourself and take it from, oh, he's talking to me about this, you'll realize this is a way of being that helps me forge forward. And when people look at it, they go, I want to get like that. And when I tell them how they could get like that, they immediately resist. And you know what I do when you resist? I go, that's a locked door. I don't have the key. I'm going to go where I can get through. I got the key to this door, that door. They said I could earn the key to that door. I'm going to go over there. That door is open for me. Fuck you and your locked door. And you don't open it or close it for information to come in and out. Please kill yourself. All right. So back to my apex now. What we're talking about is things like that. My apex is to help people expand their vision. Um, and anything I do, you'll hear me say, this is not about me. This is about other people. It's a thing thing. I'll, I'll give you an example. I live my life like this. And my apex is to continue being this person until I dissipate, dissolve, or return to whatever antimatter that I was before I got here. This guy. Um, it's just a fact. Like, people, fact. Listen, I'm listening. Um, I'm a luminary. I'm a visionary. It is what it is. I went to the post office. 
mail wasn't being delivered to my crib, the motherfucker was pressing the button saying he rang the door. I have a full family house. It's only myself and my sister and my nieces here. There's no way you could have rang a bell, came to the door with all the cameras, and nobody saw you. You did not get out your car. You did not walk up to the crib. You're not delivering my fucking mail. When I went to the post office, before they could even think this is about me, this is about a neighborhood thing. This is the elderly people in this neighborhood. This dude is doing this. I said, before you got this job, bitch, you prayed for this job, I'm sure. Your baby mother told you you broke. Lord, please let me get that post office job. I'm broke. They gonna take my license away. I gotta pay for these kids. You got your fucking job and you're not delivering the mail, you scumbag. Deliver the fucking mail. It's not about me. It's about people because the future is built on now. I see this happening to other people. So when I went there, the manager came out and said, wow, I've never seen anybody feel as passionate and care about other people not getting in there. I said, it's not just about me. I said, because if you fix it for me, that's a prejudicial. I came in, I'm a squeaky wheel. You gave me the oil. Other people going to come in here and have issues. And when I talked to other people, they said, oh, they be coming here, having the police have to come in because niggas be flipping, flipping. But he said, you the first person that said blah, blah, blah. When I was at school, I'm talking to the chick. I said, yeah, can I, you know, I need this such and such schedule to prove that I was here. Oh, they said, you, they never going to make nothing like that. I said, who asked you? Who asked you? I'm talking to this Indian lady right here. You got a mouth full of food. I shouldn't know you having stew beef for fucking lunch, bitch. Close your fucking mouth. I'm talking to her. What about the kids here that are 17 that don't speak this language, that are introverted, that need something to continue their education, get their tuition finished, whatever it is, document. However, you people are making it difficult for people in the college experience. So when I, as soon as I went to the dean and I said that to him, that nigga was like, yo, you changing the face of the school. He was like, the fact that you even said, I said, of course, you're ruining the college experience for people because when they come to ask for something, they immediately get shut down by somebody who is having a face-to-face -face with you and not the issue. Bitch, the issue is people need this facilitated. Do you have a way for that to happen so the next motherfucker to come behind me don't have to fucking black on you or drop out of school because they feel like they're not being helped? So me, that's me. I'm my apex goal is to continue helping motherfuckers with their music in the gym, in the world, giving the knowledge that I have to someone else so that they can be this person so that they don't have to say I'm fat. Nobody likes me. I'm like, but all the girls like you, you just need to lose weight. This is a you thing. I have an experience. The Bible says you can't testify if you don't have a testimony. I have a testimony. I just want to share it. I want to help people be better. If you can't be better from listening to my experience, Maybe somewhere else along the line, something will be triggered. Maybe the seed will pop up later. But me, I immediately jump into action. That's who I am. If I see something, I say something. That's my apex. That's what I want to accomplish. Warrior spirit with intent is exactly what you just told me. Everything that you've been culminating, you put the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding together and you apply it. I love what you say about circumference challenging and not making it about you. That's a hell of a gem. And I appreciate that. We have to look at it from a spectrum of how this hurts the tribe. How does this hurt the village more than in fixing the squeaky wheel? I like that one, brother. But what you're doing, what you listen, what you're doing, whether you know it or not, is giving a platform to real talk. And the problem with males is they don't talk because, again, going back to what you said, they've been given the toxic behavior 
of we don't talk, we don't cry, we don't do this. Mm -hmm. All that shit, we are all we're all made from a man and woman. So for you to think that the physiology of a man doesn't mean he needs to release these feelings before he has some type of mental breakdown or before the chemicals that the brain emits um, cause his stomach lining to be eaten by ulcers, you're a fool and you shouldn't be raising other human beings. You are toxic. For me, when I see other people in need, in turmoil, um, and I had to stop this, um, I want I want to help everyone. Some people, unfortunately, will never be able to be repaired in this lifetime. Some people have demons that are bigger than any of us in the physical form, and they will have to probably expire with those demons and come back and revisit them again in another life. And I know these people. Or oh, some uh, people are very comfortable where they're at and they like living there because they understand the rules of their demon nature or where they're at, right? They're like, oh, I know this. I'm not going to change. Like even though much, how much you can show them the light or open a door for them or show them how to mold their own key. They don't want it because they found the nuances of being in that fire. Absolutely. Um, when I look at you, when I, when I look at you and I look at you being from the Bronx, um, like myself, I'm from Harlem and moved to the Bronx when I was whatever, eight years old. Yeah. Um, um, so my parents moved me to the Bronx. Um, I um, I see somebody from the same background, from the same understanding of street bravado, uh, machismo, uh, how how you should behave in the streets, the culture of the streets and the culture of males. But for you to turn around and say, I need to feed the minds of the people from the places like me and not like me to give greater conversation and, and open up greater pathways of thinking. That's brilliant to me. And it's, it's not self-serving. And that, and those are the type of people that I applaud. And those are the type of people that I want to align myself with. A Jamaican man said to me the other day, you know, men don't talk to each other. Have you had your prostate checked? And you know, I'm in the middle of the street and I'm like, <laughs> I just wanted a sandwich. I just wanted a sandwich. I just, that's, I did not, yeah. All right, but thank you. He's like, no way, seriously. Men are dying from prostate health and Number prostate cancer. Thing. Yeah. And yeah, and after 40, everyone will get something. You'll get in a large enlarged prostate. You may get cancer. It needs to be checked. Have you had a prostate exam? And I was like, I just wanted oil and vinegar on the sandwich and some extra cheese. And I was like, well, okay, I, no, you're right. Well. But <laughs> you, had that you have to realize. Yeah, you have to realize it. It's gonna take a, and, and I made it. I made that point like that because most people are going to. It's it's a little off putting. Well, to speak about what you said about God inserting thought process in you until you recognize it. Since I was eighteen in college, there was a, a professor who used to come up to us, and he was like, "Hey, you guys, get, you think about getting your prostate checked in about 10, 15 years?" He'd be like, eighteen years old, we wilding like, "Yo, you're wilding. We're not even gonna stay, stand next to you, right? You're bugging." So then now I move forward. And I reconnect with my dad and I interview him and I have conversation. He reveals to me that he gets polyps. 
What they got to do? Prostate exam. So now, fast forward now, me being about to close to 40, I'm talking to my, my, my friends, and I hit them all on the little Marco Polo. You know, we got the little root group. And I say, yo, you guys think about getting your prostate checked? Crickets. Nobody wanted to talk about that. They came back with something else. Like somebody just started a whole nother conversation. And this that's why I have these conversations. I'm not afraid to have them because that's one of the leading causes of death in black males is prostate cancer. My grandfather died of that. And I didn't even know that till like a month ago. That's what he died from. Think about the communication in that terrain, right? People out here checking out and we're not talking, man. And that's why it's very vital for me to talk and have conversations. Where women will say, girl, let me feel your titty. Um, I think you got a lump. Right. Niggas is like, yo, bro. Yo, this is what... This is what the conversation is all about. Experiences. I'm about to reveal a story that is very personal. A lot of people are going to scringe their face, but it, it's real. My boy, love him to death. He got hit by a car. Messed up his ankle, messed up his body. He's alive? He's alive. He's alive and well. He's doing good. He got pins and stuff. And this is a very personal story, but I'll say this. He hits me one day. Yo, bro, I'm stuck in the shower. Cause he couldn't get his leg up over the porcelain, the, the part of the tub to get out. I had to drive to the crib, break in the crib and help him get out the shower. He said, yo bro, I need help putting on my underwear. Like that's, and, I, and I, God put me through that moment. I didn't even think twice, like this is my brother, I got you. But most guys are shy away from stuff like that. And when you speak about women, Yo, yeah, they do that. Like, you know, guys okay, turn their- let me, say, let me say something. Let me say something. Absolutely. You're speaking from your experience. And I respect that, right? But I tell people, this is for both of us. I don't speak in absolutes for one reason. If you played sports- That's why I said most. Played, but but, but most, most is more than 50%, right? Okay. We're not going to say most. All right, let's We're do that. Say, I, I, I'll take that acceptance. I'll take that up, A lot of- uh, and in culture, it's taboo. I'm Many. with all that. Gotcha. But I'm gonna tell you like this: I meet, or oh, listen, in, in football and basketball, niggas is used to being in the locker. It's nothing. Even I said we went to the gym the other day. There's a dude standing in the shower naked. My man's like, "Yo, the dude's naked in the shower." I was like, "You never played sports? Like, what are we doing? We in the gym locker? What are we doing? Like, why are you even mention? Like, move along. Why, why you even?" And see, this this is where, but but you're right, right? Um, for a lot of people, depending on whatever area, whoever your family, and even in the toxic neighborhoods, you're gonna run into a kid whose family is not childish, and 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 they they made that person well rounded, and it'll be everyone else like I don't want to talk about prostate, and he's like, prostate health is such and such and such because it's education, which I said to you from the beginning, whether institutional. Whatever it is, the first family that the first institution that raises us, at my sociology perspective, is the family. The family, right? So, whatever type of education you have, I keep saying we need to align ourselves with people that are elevating our mindset. I don't listen. If I don't, we we just met recently. If you were in, if you called me or if we were somewhere and you we were at a restaurant having this meeting, and you called me from the bathroom like, yo. I can't get my pants up. I just felt, I'm not a child. I'm not playing kitty games with people. And I tell people, even we got that thing, you know that thing in the hood when they be like, you you, you and your man is picking up something. They like, yo, bro, 
why you had to get this thing? Your thing is so heavy. And then they go like, pause. Like, right? <laughs> I tell dude, right? So I tell dudes, I'll be like, why are you listening with your gay ear? Who's thinking about that? Like, you make it, it's, it's, it's the spotlight you put on stuff. Me, I'm a whole grown person. So if someone tell me they, they can't, whatever, female or male, if you'll allow me in the space to help you, I'm going to help you. Absolutely. I don't, but, but I'm with you. I'm with you that ignorance is perpetuated. We, we are stifling ourselves. I get that we do a lot of this stuff for boundaries, but I mean, I don't like somebody too free either. If, if we best friends, I don't need you to shower in front of me. I'm like, did you ask me? Like, mm. oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm in the shower when you come in and shit. I'm like, whoa, hello. Then, oh, I had to go. I'm like, but who do that? They're like, oh, that's no big deal. I'm like, it's a big deal, you know. Have... <laughs> Why you gotta act it out like you in the shower for real? <laughs> Cause it's that shit is in my mind, bro. Like, Whoa, that happened. Whoa. Oh, man. I, so... Yo, so we talked about mentors. You talked about the dictionary, encyclopedia, and books that you get word of the day. A friend to the show, Nas Bay, out of Charlotte, North Carolina. He said when he didn't have any mentors, he found some books to be his mentors. Do you have any book? suggestions for the people today for the men listening or the women whoever's listening oh yeah so there's this thing this is not the name of the book let me preface it with that there's this thing i call the script where everybody tell everybody to go get the same book so oh have you read 48 laws of power have you read art of war oh man you don't know nothing i don't care about those books right um my range of vision is wider my range of vision is about not power and trying to take over the world. My my thing is about the human ex, human experience. So there's this book called The Seat of the Soul. The Seat, like chair, of the soul by Dr. Gary Zukav. And I'll give you a summation of the book. The book explains the natural order of things, the natural progression of life, and the need for things, for other things to be invented, flourish, be refined. Um, I know this is going to spoil the book, but the first few pages, which polarized me and kept me wanting to read the book is a woman's in the street with her child, her child gets hit by a car. The book explains that you shouldn't cry for the mother or the child being lost. It's, it's a natural human instinct but the book, it goes on to explain that in God's plan, which you may never get to see because you're taking what I call the snapshot of events, right? A lady's baby just got hit by a car. That's fucked up. But you don't realize two years later, she's going to have a baby that God, that's going to be something special that God does not want her to be laxed or reckless with. God wants her to protect this child. So she's being forged to be the mother that she should be when the baby that is going to make it to full adult life appears. It, it like uh, another example I give you is not in the book, but when I started to have classes that spoke about this, because I, I presented it to my teacher and my teacher made it part of the syllabus because the book was so ill. Um, the Amber, law, uh, Amber Alert laws, right? If children were not kidnapped, and, and from families or whatever, we wouldn't have any Amber Alerts. 
So there is no change without tragedy in this in this society we're in. You could say, yo, this this corner, I see people having mad um car crashes. Y'all need to put a stoplight here. No one puts a stoplight. Yo, this corner, y'all should put a stoplight. Someone else had an accident. A two-year-old gets killed. You know what gets what gets put up next week? A stoplight. So the book goes on to ex explain how the soul is shaped, fed, and manifests itself through instances. Mm. And that that's a book is very powerful. Um, you got to have a brain to read it. Mm. It's not. It's not super wordy. It's not obtuse reading, or he hasn't obfuscated the writing, but right. it's definitely something that you need to sit on the beach and think really deeply about what you're reading. And, and, and sound, to your life. It sounds like this book also offers like really pedantic lifestyle. This real deep lifestyle of detail that helps you get to the intricate positions in your mind to understand what evolution looks like i'm gonna try this book out brother i've never heard of this book before and i'm happy that you gave a wide vision range of collection of books a book like that for us to really go yeah. off into now we talked about what you learned from your parents and your grandmother we talked about your friends in succession that have since passed that you've learned from you talked about you being a full adult around here putting on capes and saving people and knowing we're not to save people being in the right rooms where you're not the smartest person in the room all of that in totality, I asked you one question, Pudgy. What did you sacrifice? Mm. I sacrificed my wants for my needs. Mm -hmm. I learned how to mature myself into, it's like being on a diet. My life is a diet. Anything you do, anything you ingest, for sustenance is your diet, right? So mentally, my mental diet, um, my spiritual diet consists of people that feed my spirit. I, you know, believe it or not, or whatever gift they say I have, I can tell you if I'm gonna fuck with you from two blocks away when you're waving to me from the person, oh, that's so-and-so supposed to be, hey, I don't like the way that their body vibrates. I, I swear to you. And um, they used to say, this one healer said, I have the gift of discernment, but my humanity gets in the way. Mm, 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 mm. And it took me. I like that. I like three that. Seconds, three seconds to do. Now, you know, you, do you know what DMT is? No, please educate me. You've heard of it, but DMT is what happens to you. When you're born and when you die, they say you only get DMT two times in your life. That's when everything flashes, uh, a, a collage, if you will, of everything. They say that there, there's a couple of drugs, um, ayahuasca and things of that sort. And it's this other African um, root that they're uh, pushing now that if you ingested even a small portion you start to have this psychedelic trip where everything that you are not predisposed to and that is not accessible right now. You know how you're like, I don't got a good memory for something. The moment you take that, all those things come rushing in like a mm. tidal wave. So all your traumas, you're gonna see everything. 
Um, I, I can't stress to you enough how important it is to be with people and be on a diet that feeds your pineal gland. You don't want to cloud, you know, I hate to go this deep, but your chakras and, and get yourself out of alignment. Go because deeper. You want me to go deeper? Yeah, yeah. You listen, listen to this. Listen, brother, I am privy to this talk. I love this talk. I don't get to have it often here on this show or in life. Let's have it. I know you can elevate me through this, and I know you're going to elevate someone else to even have this cognizant they bring. Let's go. Let's go. Hyped. So if you if you if you aspire to be a higher level being, you know, I hate trendy words. They drive me crazy. Uh, I hate frequency, um, vibrating at a low. There, there are I use actual things. here in the show. <laughs> Good. But, but listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> but those <laughs> those words, those words should be wielded by people that are are pure in essence. I think if you're resonating from that place, it's fine. But if you're talking to two friends and then you come to your podcast tomorrow and start saying words from nowhere, right? I'm like, okay, this is a clown, right? Because you don't have any context. Um, myself, on the other hand, and other people like me, like to delve deeper into the things that they iterate so that if you reiterate them, I've given you context and I don't have all the answers and things are being explained further every day, explored deeper. But what I will do is set you on a path with some knowledge, the same way I did with the book. I will give you a summation. I will give it to you from my experience. And what's great about it is you'll go, if you care, educate yourself, come back to me and we'll have what's called a scholarly conversation. I enjoy that because you may expound or expand what I already know to be and add color to it and make it more dynamic for me and maybe even reignite a passion for me to delve deeper into it and, and refresh or restore the idea of it for me. So when we talk about frequencies, you know, I see people laugh at people when they see people with the tuning fork or with the bowls or with crystals and they think of it as kook things. Now I don't do these things, so, but I'm, but I'm well-versed. When there are people who've been healed by the frequencies of a tuning fork. If you listen to 88.8 um, kilohertz, those frequencies help you manifest things that you want, right? They help you realize the things that you feel inside and put, put them in a place of realization, put them in a place where it's like a place of clarity where your prayers are now really reaching wherever you want or landing where you want them to land. It's so funny that people are so blind to the things around them that half of those frequencies end up in movies you watch and you don't even know that someone has placed a 88 kilohertz frequency, a 33.3 frequency in a film and you're watching it and you just hear it as all oh, the background music isn't that great but you don't even realize they're sending you subliminal messages and you whether you know it or not are ingesting a message i feel that so 
much of our population, so much of our community, so many factions, so many diasporas, so many subcultures are resolute in ignorance. You are like, I know what I know and that's it. And I'm like, yeah, but you knew that in 1992, you know, they got a whole new way of, all right, forget it. So I don't want to deal with somebody that there's a brick wall there. Things change. I don't know everything. I know what I know. And when I know what I know, you can't contest me. I revisit it. I look at other scholarly um, documents and say, okay, these journals say this versus this. So I'll know both sides of the argument. I'll know the four sides of the argument. I believe that people don't take enough time to make themselves a whole person so that they can have a whole conversation. And when I get around people, I end up being the person that's taking people to task because they're giving you 15% of a story that they heard from two friends at Starbucks and they're coming wanting to add something of value when really you read it from the script, bro. You This is not something you authored yourself. You, you, you're not even putting a spin on it. I heard the same trash iterated from five other people. You are now just uh, an actor playing a part. I, I, I'm begging everyone else to know, to know something that adds value to our circle. I watch several movies and you've seen movies like this. It'll be five kids and they get trapped somewhere. All of a sudden, one kid is amazing at physics. One kid knows history. One kid is great in the woods. One kid is good with a gun and the motherfuckers get out of whatever trap they in. It's not because one motherfucker was lit. It's because everybody who knew what they knew, knew what they knew. I feel like a lot of times I'm around people and y'all know anything? Y'all don't, y'all don't know anything? All right, you just want me to save us. All right, you know anything? You know? Okay, um, we're gonna die. Like, <laughs> like, bro, I just wanna surround myself with people that are doing things like what you, like when I think of you, right? I tell people, be known for something. When I go Sheen, I say, damn, he's having solutions for black men conversation. He's adding value to the perspective of young men and for the person who is so shy and they're in a toxic family of hyper-masculine men who they can't ask these questions to, but they can click on Sheen's podcast and go, oh shit, okay, I have the answer. Without asking anybody, without feeling embarrassed, without feeling heckled, they now have informed themselves and educated themselves and they don't know it, but they will soon begin to grow apart from the rest of that group because they have knowledge that is creating a language barrier because knowledge is a language barrier. That is definitely one of the reasons why I started to show what we, to roll it back what you said earlier about women being so cognizant of each other is one of the reasons why my wife challenged me. If you have a great woman in your wife, they will challenge you, right? Cause that's what we are, we get challenged. So I was, I was complaining to her behind closed doors. I let my curtain down, I said, man, I see not in a not in a hateful way, not in a jealous way, but I see women having women's functions, uh, retreats where men are not allowed to come. The only thing we got is the deacons at the church and the boys club, but it's still not centered on us. And she was like, she looked at me dead in my eyes. She said, well, what you gonna do? <laughs> just like that. It was just like, yeah, that's me. You go? and then, 
then like the silence, the silence in, in my mind and my thoughts said, well, I'm going, I'm all the way across the world, but I'm gonna do something. And here we are. I came up, sat in the dark, Gosh. shedding my skin. Nah, you fire. No matter where you are, you take yourself there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, be I believe in that a thousand percent. But I said, you know, I had to think about how I was gonna apply it. I didn't, I didn't, what the intent was gonna be. I didn't time to shed my skin and listen to that in that regard. And for me, I, I'm appreciative of people like yourself who recognize and fortify what I'm doing. And the fact that you spent your time and energy here today speaks volumes. And I know, I'm gonna I'm I'm say this. My goal in the beginning was to interview 200 men, write a book about it. People say, where are you gonna get your 200 men from? I'm gonna simply ask. And though those who are willing to come on the show, that would be it. A friend of mine who I met through the show and I've known for a couple of years, so I got to know him deeper. He lives in Phoenix, Arizona. He spoke to me and said, you have been charged with collecting the parables of men. And that was so deep to me that it doesn't bother me if someone says no to being interviewed because I wasn't supposed to collect your parable. I wasn't supposed to get your pedantic thoughts. And I appreciate you being here today because now you're one of my 200. Maybe it'll be more, I don't know, but I am I am greatly honored for that. And I want to ask- I'm supposed to collect your pedestrian thoughts. I'm sorry, go ahead. Pedestrian? <laughs> you give me- I'm talking about them. Like, I'm yeah. talking about them. Like, yo, yeah. if, you, if you don't want to interview with me, I don't need your pedestrian thoughts anyway, you slow ass. Get out of here. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so I want to I wanna dive a little deeper here before we come out on the other side and start having the, the jovial side of things. Talk to me about your lowest moment. Now, I just don't want to know what your lowest moment was. Again, I just want to know how you got up. Before you became this person who was whole, there was pieces of you that had to develop. So if there is a place that you can speak from of your experiences that you feel that least have maybe walked down and give them a how-to to fortify themselves, to be forged in a way to develop themselves in the maturity of becoming whole. My lowest point, lowest, okay. Uh, I guess this could be my lowest point. Uh, I was tired of people dying. And um, Can you see this picture? Yeah, it's you, it's you and Pop, or you and L, who's that? Yes, yes, that's me and Tupac, right? Yeah, come closer, know, come closer. Yeah, I know. I know, know. My, my, I know yeah. my, 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 Pop keeps disappearing, where are you, Pop? Where? You know what? Don't even worry about that. Take a picture of it to me and send it to me and I'll put it in the um, post edit. All right, so. Talk, talk as if you have the picture in your hand right now. And then as, as if, and I'll edit it like that. Don't worry about it. All right, so you see this picture of Pac and myself. It represents part or the beginning of my lowest point. Uh, Pac, well, my, my, my man Kenny from the IBM dances, you know, they was in EPMD video. They danced with everybody. He was murdered. That was my best friend, Kenny, a.k.a. Polo. Kenneth Pollard, shout out to his family. When he was murdered, um... I was no longer myself. Um, a part of me was gone. This is a person that, 
you know, I don't want to make this a Vlad interview, but when 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 there was beef, he showed up with with things and he he and yes, right? So, <laughs> yeah, so yo, we not trying to good? do any of that. So right? you know, yeah. yeah, so um, but <laughs> this is a person that 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 rep oh. me in the streets, you feel me? Absolutely. So if there was a problem, he was there. I mean, I just gotta keep it filthy. Yeah. Um and it's, it's definitely part of my support system. So when he passed, I felt like I was ripped in half. Like, this is who I complained to. This is who told me, yo, yo, you're better than everybody. Yo, your rhymes is crazy. Yo, hurry the fuck and, and get a deal. Yo, we gonna kill it. You know, all of that. Um, That was my best friend. And um, when he died, I was like invisible to myself, not to people. But I was like a zombie. And then I started writing rhymes again. And um, my man introduced me to Pac. Pac was not Tupac, as you know him. He was a dancer. Um, Digital Underground was just starting to get on. And we became close because I did this demo that he heard from my man Stretch from Live Squad. He wanted to meet me off the demo. We were just regular niggas. As soon as I met him, he ran up to me, he hugged me. He was like, oh my God, that song is crazy. That's my favorite song. From then on, we was like that. Uh, I, the conversations we would have would be like this. They would be about, you know, how not to be a fucked up person to other people, how other people are fucked up, how you handle those people, how, how to fashion yourself to be a decent person even when you feel like being... Uh, metallic in retaliation to things, mm -hmm. retaliatory, whatever. Um, yeah, getting self control of the beast within of, of the man, right? And so he did a lot of things for me as a brother to make me feel again like how Kenny did, supported. When when I didn't want to rap no more, he said my name in, in the song, the hit him up song with uh, in the video with. That he was dissing Biggie, and you know, I, I know he thought he was doing me a solid by saying solid me out, but he wasn't. But he was still repping me. So radio shows, he would always say, "My it was, it was what a friendship should be." So when he when he got killed, it, it echoed what happened with Kenny, and I was pretty much like, "Nah, yo, I'm not. I'm I, I love the streets. I love, but I'm I, this ain't it." And I was running around screaming, "Music is the devil." Like, I didn't want to rap no more. It was a rap. I, I cried in my room on my knees with slob coming out my mouth. I'm like, like slob. You know how the pit bulls be slobbing when they mm -hmm. slob? Like, yeah, slob. And I and I prayed to God to um take away my gifts. And immediately after, I could not hear music. Like, you could play a beat. I couldn't write a song. Um, And I was the person known for being able to write a song in 10 minutes. That was a full, crazy song. Uh, and it, that went on for four years. I couldn't hear no music. I did get to just listen to other people make music and enjoy music in in a pure sense again, where I wasn't thinking about what I would have did on this song or how I want to do a song with them or I need to go home and write. I just there was just music happening. Like, oh, that's nice. All right, that song's nice. And then people kept saying to me, and I I can't even make this shit up. People everywhere kept running into me saying at the same time I was on a weight loss journey that's when all that started 
because I had hermitized myself. I had made a whole bunch of money out at that point, and I stayed in my house for 10 years. I never came outside except to go jog. I didn't go to parties. I didn't do anything for 10 years. So about the fourth year in it, people kept saying, yo, there's something so special about you. Everybody that I would meet, everybody. Um, there's something about you. Do I know you from somewhere? There's something. I'll be like, uh-uh, and just keep moving. It was, even if they knew who I was and they didn't. There's something about you. I'm like, oh, that's dope. And then one day somebody sat me down and said, listen, we're nothing but what God gave us. And I was like, what does that mean? And it wasn't somebody who was overly Bible thumping or spiritual, whatever, whatever. It was somebody who was in tune. And they said, if God didn't have a purpose for you, you wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And God gives everybody their gifts because they're supposed to use them. Imagine being um, in the X-Men. I was like, yeah, it was like, and a battle comes. If you have ice powers, you use your ice powers. You have no other powers. And I was like, yeah, they said, yeah, you could go to school, you could work a job, but that's drone stuff. But what God made you, that made you independent and individualistic and separate from everyone else, that they don't have that, that's what you're supposed to do. I was like, okay, I, that sounds nice. And then I'll talk to other people and they're like, yo, bro, I don't know what you're doing, but you're killing your spirit. I was like, oh, that's nice. And I don't know, one day something clicked and I got on my knees crying again. And um, I was hysterical, like uncontrollable. Like even talking right now, it's like, um, and I was like, God, I'm ready to receive my gifts again. Mm. And immediately after that, all I heard was music. And probably like two months later, my man called me and said, I can't want you on his album, and I was like, I'm not really ready to do music. But I, something in me said, you know, you made your first demo trying to rap like Rakim. And this is God doing a cathartic thing for you after you just asked God to show back up. And I was like, this me's talking to myself. And so I did it. And then Rakim asked me to come perform the songs with him. And I was like, yo, God, why are you playing games? Like, it was just supposed to be some songs on the album. So I took that as another sign and then I jumped back into it. My lowest moment was after Pop died and me not wanting to do music. And, and, and though I've shortened it, truncated it, compressed it, it was a long sabbatical. It was a long walk through Egypt before I could find, before I could catch up to myself. My, the, I had on no, I had on no socks, no shoes. I was in the blistering heat walking for years by myself with no water. And at one point I came up to a reflection myself in the water and it jumped in, back into my body and I came back to life. I, I, you know, I want to thank you for sharing that. And that was very deep. What you said about the long walk through Egypt don't let that go over your head, people. Do your research. But I will say this. What I got from all of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that through your whole time, through the forge that you went through, your communication with God never changed. Whatever you asked for, he gave you. And the fact that your communication still landed is the real gift. You're doing too much right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, man. I, I'm with you. I'm here. I'm feeling it. I feel it. Like the communication is real. Bro, it was, I put, listen, I connected with your energy when we first spoke. I'm going to just tell you that I'm not a game. Like when people meet me, I'm a big personality. I'm not having it. I'm going to speak my piece. I'm a, I hear other people I receive, but my message, you're not going to leave without my message all over you. Like I don't, I don't get a deaf ear. Right. But when I meet somebody like you and just the fact that whatever chord you just struck, like I'm not, I'm not emotional like that. You know, I don't, we're, I'm, I'm emotional. I, I, I'm a human being. Right. But mm -hmm. I don't break down and cry. Even when people die, but like the Lord called them home. May everyone heal. But when I think about other people and I think about the people that don't come out of the fog and the other people that don't find their other half or the missing piece of themselves in the water that jumps back into them, it's still painful for me because I know that I felt like a cadaver. I felt like an empty husk of a person. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I can only liken it to when people are heavily medicated and their shadow of their former self and you talk to them and they're just like, uh, I had no passion for life. I didn't care about anything. I can't ever remember any TV shows or movies I enjoyed. Uh, I can't remember. Nah, it's a blur. It's a, and I, and listen, everybody has, you can't testify if you don't have a testimony, but everybody has their crossing. Everybody has to come through the trials. Everybody has to come out on the other side of the fire. And it's who you come out on the other side of the fire as that defines who you are. It's not what you go through. It's not how long you go through it. It's what do you do when you're standing here and all that's happened and you look back at it, do you say, those were my trials and here I am. If you look back and be like, oh my God, my trials, ah! then you, I tell people, you didn't get the message. And the Bible says, I'm not a Bible thumper, but I know a lot. And the Bible says, God will whip you till you submit. And if you do not submit to the message he is sending you, you will revisit it. You will date that same person over again. You will go get that same type of job. You will have the same running with the police because you learned nothing. And the thing that I do know about God, not that he, God is not an evil God, but he will increase the frequency and he will amplify the attack in those instances so that now you'll get it. Oh, you didn't get right. it on a two. I got to turn it up for you. It's at a five. Do you get a five? It's mm -hmm. like Chinese water torch or electroshock that. Turn it up. <laughs> so I, I, I just... I look at other people that are struggling, the ones that I can help, I help, but I'm a, you know, another, another trendy word. I'm an empathetic spirit. I'm not gonna say I'm an empathic I can't. I'm a cancer, the mother of all spirits. We are empathetic spirits, but everyone is an empath. They're vibrating at a higher frequency and blah, blah, blah. Listen, I feel what you feel if not 10 times more than you do, because I bring experience with me. Mm -hmm. um, your experience is only echoing the other 10 people 
that I know went through the same thing. And now it's compounded when I'm experiencing it with you. And it hurts like hell because I'm like, why do people have to go through this? You know what I mean? And when I try to, some people do pull up out of it with the information that we give them. But when I see people that you give them all the answers, I had somebody tell me, Mm. I'm the type of person that needs to burn my hand on the stove. I don't need nobody to tell me. I said, you know <laughs> that there were bridges only because other people fell in the hole. So what you want us to do is burn all the bridges so you can fall in the hole and say, oh, maybe there needs to be a bridge here. No problem. It's <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox. No, this is great. This is great. Let me tell you something real quick. First of all, how much time you got? Because we only we only about six questions in. I, I love in the show. Do you got a little bit more time? Uh, respectfully. Let me see what my, what my, if it's locking time. Yo, see yo. Now I'm good. All right. Just make it short. Just make it short. So respectfully, one of the questions I have You're not, is, going, you're not going to acknowledge that I just checked in with a CO? What's, what are we nah, because that could be anything with inside your diaspora. I'm not going to judge your situation. That's your situation. Uh, I know we sitting here right okay, now. Okay, to everybody watching us, I am not in here with a CO. <laughs> That's it. That's it. This motherfucker said, listen, I don't know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anything can happen in the feds. You're right, my bad. Nah. <laughs> I should have just said. See yes, now, see now you went far with that one. So that's a good one right there. But that's a whole other conversation. You went far with that listen, one. We, listen, we are, we we here with Sheen, not Vlad. We good, guys. Let's get it. <laughs> talk to me about fatherhood and mentorship. And I just want to talk about how fatherhood is great. The kids are sweet. I want to talk about the times where you love who you're mentoring. You love your kids, but you don't like them right now. What type of patience you need to have as a father? Just in that realm right there. It's my type of interview. Shout out to my daughter. She's a problem. <laughs> um, she's a Taurus. She's 26. Taurus. She don't hey. know how to. <laughs> and I and I and you know what? And I got that from that spirit. Hey. Um hey. <laughs> shout out, shout interview out just changed. <laughs> Now we good, bro. I can, listen, I can get along with anybody. Listen. Go um, ahead. What so, we um, Yeah, now nah, she's a problem. You know, Taurus is, um, my mom's a Taurus. Taurus is a problematic, but they're loving people, but they're a bull in a china shop. I mean, that is not coined for no reason. Yeah. And they get in their own way and they're stubborn and they're nearsighted, myopic. And, um, but this is an, a horoscope show, right? So, uh, my daughter, she's a Taurus, and it, it's and she's a female, and it's been difficult to navigate her personality. I'll give you, I'll give you an instance. Um, she's loving; she wants to, oh, daddy, daddy, daddy. And then I sent her a video the other day to look at. Like I sent all my friends, yo, look at this funny video. I send her a video, and you go an extra step, Taurus. You don't. Just text back. I don't need to see that. Or you pick up the phone because I text you, right? Could it just text back? But you disrespectfully leveled up and called me and said, "Why you? Why you? Why you sent me that, Daddy? I don't care." I was like, "Oh." I said five expletives, but we on here, and I don't want to immortalize that because she might see this one day when I'm gone. So, but I was like, "You." Oh, all right, I won't send you nothing else. 
and it's been two weeks since she spoke to me. Like, you 26, I I ripped the real people in my life to shreds. I don't get talked too crazy by no one. Move over, move, over, move over this way. Move over this way a little bit. Move over to your there's, left. There's, that's good? Yeah, yeah, you're good. There's, there's nobody in my life that talks to me crazy. And when she did that, I was like, oh, you don't went in the street. Like, you you don't went to the street, told me. So now, listen, I'm a cancer. So as much as I feel empathy, I feel empathy for myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel disrespect 10 times harder than you sent it. You know, I hear that I hear that a lot from cancers. I hear that a lot from cancers. Did you think from from a Taurus speaking, do you think that the energy she gave out? Sometimes we have we sometimes as Tauruses, my mother had to teach me this. I project on people and I had to learn the art of not projecting. And the energy, she might have been one to talk to you about something else, but she just gave that out because projection, right? Okay. And I like that, right? And I entertain all, I love conversations that present other arguments, right? Even though I tell my friends, don't be nobody's attorney. We're dealing with actions. I don't need you to come up with a defense for them. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I deal with actions. I'm not trying to figure out the shit behind the shit. It's shit, flush it. Here's what happened. I fucking text you. Instead of texting back whatever little bullshit you had to say, you called me. You did a one up. To say some disrespectful shit and I heard you. That's it. Because mm. I could have said, now listen, here's where the adult me and the not projecting came out. I didn't say, you little bitch, who the fuck you talking to? You stupid, I'll smack your face off. I didn't say that. I said, I'll never send you anything again. Talk to you later. That's my adult pulling up and pulling out. Because mm. I feel like this, we have a whole bunch of time, you could have texted me, to not disrespect each other. We got a whole time. And I tell, I'm listen, I'm a jack in the box, dog. I ain't gonna lie to you. You wind it up, I just be, pop! You don't know what happened. So, and it's a, listen, I, I, I talk it like it is. Well, some people tell you you are, just believe them. I believe people when they speak. That's one of my my greatest things I know. I listen and I believe And you, you came out of my ball. You came out of my balls. You know me. <laughs> You know that you should have never did that. You know that. You you was a, would you say intent? You was an intentional fuck. You didn't end up on a tissue. So I'm not going to have what I made disrespect me. I'm not going to do it. Listen, I can leave you to go meditate by your motherfucking self and go get my ice cream and and do some music and be motherfucking happy because you're 26. Go get you a boyfriend. Talk to him like that. But if you want to have communication with me, I got two communication degrees. You want to communicate with me? I can give you the 12 ways of effective listening. I can give you a whole, whole bunch of diagrams that can help you deal with human beings. But we're not about to do this thing where you didn't put any forethought into dealing with me because that means you don't give a shit. Absolutely. Be careful who forethought you're in. Quick question. There is a question that I just added to the show. You're going to be the 18th person that I ask. Now, I want to know if this question is too intrusive and should I leave it out or should I keep it? And you can answer it if you like, or you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Well, you ready for the question? <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Of course you are. The question what is. I'm thinking is, does it look like I'm frozen? 
no, no. Yeah, you was, you was, you was. All right, good. So let's let's run with that. All right, go ahead. The question is, what was abusive to you that you thought was love? How did you recognize it? How long did it take for you to accept it? What was abusive to you that you thought was love? How did you recognize it? How long did it take for you to accept it? Nah, cuz don't call me. My bad, my bad. My cousin called yeah, you me. Good, you good, you yeah. good. Yeah, we got post edits. All right, let me knock me off my shit. All right, um, what was abusive to me? What, uh, what was abusive to you that you thought was love? How did you recognize it? How long did it take for you to accept it? Nah, I don't. I don't make those type of mistakes. I call a thing a thing, bro. Um, when my parents beat the shit out of me, they wasn't doing it because they loved me. They was doing it because they wanted to beat me. They could have done something else. So I loved them, but I didn't think it was love when they were beating me. I was like, they're beating me. Like, this is abuse. Now, when they was talking to me and saying, we want you to be better, I knew that was love. But I didn't think the beating was love. I thought that some shit was going on and y'all had a bad day at work. So I don't have nothing in my life, bro. Oh, you know what? You right. I got one. I got something for you. Eating food. Mm. Let's dive into that because I'm a foodie. I, I I know that weight loss journey. Absolutely. Yes. So, so that's what abuse that I was that I thought was love. Abuse food. I thought I thought I loved food. I like the way food tastes, but I was just old and like, yo, this cake is good. I should have five slices. That's dumb as fuck. Nah. So I didn't. to answer your question, nah. Um, physically, nah. Relationship or deal with people, no. But at the food um, counter, it was definitely cakes. I can represent that in my own light. When my dad left, my mother said I can't became a compulsive eater to deal with my stress. But me being so so young, I didn't recognize what that was. I don't know if she put that on me and then that what it came to be. But in my in my adult years, I've realized sometimes where I've always celebrated with food and I needed to slow down because it was hurting me. You know what I'm saying? Like celebrating like, yo, about to make this entire pan of macaroni and cheese disappear because I got an A on my test. Like, 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 I got to chill, so bro. Listen, so listen, gotta, you definitely, listen, I have so much respect for your self-awareness. You have no idea. I can't even, I wish I could give you my brain for a second so you could feel it and then get my brain back because I need my brain. But you so self-aware is crazy. Like, to say, I don't know if, if that's why I ate. You're telling me that's your interpretation and your perception, but I'm not, I wasn't, cognizant enough uh, or I'm not cognizant enough of my mindset then to know that that's what it was right um but I I can I can tell you how we're akin in that way um I told my mother that even now when I go get something I may not even want to finish the plate but all I hear in my head is finish your food and don't get up from that table until you clean that plate Mm. And I be eating shit, and I be like, I don't want no more of this shit. But I look at the plate, and I'm like, oh, I'm not done. I'm not done. It's nurture versus nature, and mm. it's. And I'm gonna say this to you: it's not a bad thing, dog. 
it's like this. Cause we like to put things under the under the umbrella, under the microscope of bad or good, right? But I'm making about martial arts. I've been doing martial arts since a kid. When I got with a new professor, when I was older, I used to back up when I was sparring. He'd be like, we don't back up in Muay Thai, we sidestep. So it's not that backing up was bad. It, we are finding another way to retrain that to give you a better perspective, Angle. right? If your parent, your parents only have the tools that they have. Absolutely. We, it's Pavlov's dog. We're being, they're giving us the stimuli and seeing how we react. It, they don't, they're not omniscient. They don't know every single thing that there is. Um, they're not omnipotent, so they can't make things like they want it to be. But what they can do is say, here are the controls that I'm going to place on this situation to have a successful structure. He eats at this time. He only eats this when this. It's a birthday. We have a cake. That's structure. We can't be mad at the structure. What we now must do is understand that birthday celebration, anniversary celebration is not graduation celebration. Doesn't have to be, I got a raise today, have a cake. Um, I got an A on my test, have a cake. That's excess. Now we're in excess of what the design was. And that's something that if it doesn't fit where we are, we refine it and reset. I don't think it's good to place all of these negative connotations on things that shaped us and got us to where we are and that we use to give context. Mm. Celebration, cake, context. The fact that we're now celebrating everything with a cake, we have to decide once again, how wide is the range of celebration partnered with cake? Is it only birthdays? Is it only anniversaries or is it every time I put a new plate on at the gym, I could put more on my plate at home? Celebration? No. So I think I think the problem with people is <laughs> you don't mitigate things with yourself. You need to sit down and reassess and restructure all the time. And people do that all the time. I don't I don't think we should look back at any of our structure unless our parents were bashing our head into the fucking wall or selling us for coke that we should know that happened. No, I know, no, I know what happens. <laughs> so, so I'm just saying. Yeah, that's why I, I was like, I, you, you got memories like, yeah, okay, yeah, that happens. Shout out to y'all. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you talk about things like that, I think we all have them and we've got this new culture of looking back at those things and seeing different styles now and making our parents the bad guy. They're a villain in our life because they parented differently. They didn't talk to little Johnny, they beat him. Well, back then, maybe you needed a beating. I don't know. Some of these kids now might need a beating. So I don't, I don't think we should shame our training. I think that we should readdress and restructure and move forward. But you know, and you said it kind of early, people like to wallow in the misery. People like to fuel the bad and the good never really gets any light. It's like, what was good about that? We don't look at both sides of everything. We don't look at things all the way around. We look at, we extrapolate what we want and we're like, 
yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah, I hate my mother. <laughs> mm-hmm. So is. I'm, you know. I appreciate your comments on that, man. I hope everybody's listening. You got a lot of light from that. And the greatest thing about Rewind, you can go back and re-listen to everything Pudgy is saying and really take it in, taking the books he talked about, the dialects, the way he thinks about his mind and how, what he's trying to put forward. And you don't have to be like any of us. You could just take the best parts of us and apply them to yourself in order to build your own personal robot. Now let's get into some fun talk. I love asking this question, but with you, I think it's going to be so different because this interview has been very enlightening. <laughs> Did you ever get a sex? Did you ever get a sex talk? Who or what gave you sex education? <laughs> um, not, no, no, I'm not. That that's not off-putting. I'm just scared of my memory. Like, where did it start? You know what, man? I'm from one of them families. We didn't have, um. My parents kept us from spending the night at anybody's house. We, like, I only stayed over at my cousin's house. My mother got 16 brothers and sisters. If you wasn't in this family unit or this network or one of my father's cousins, it was, I had like three friends by the time I got 14 that my parents met their parents, knew them, knew, knew them, or my parents worked with them and we played with their kids. And outside of that kid, so there was no need for the sex talk because we had monitored visits. It was like a supervised visits with a baby father and baby mother. They was looking in like. Well, let me let me give you the background for what. Well, first of all, I can relate. My mom didn't let me spend a night. No one else's house except my grandparents' house. And I'm talking about all the way up to 17 years old. She just wasn't having it. I better be in by a certain time. But, you know, I can roam the streets, but I had to be in at a certain time. You know, it's ridiculous. You got to be home by five, but you can't spend a night out with nobody else. It's, it, it was a lot. But I say this, right? I say this. The reason I came up with this question is because from the man's point of view, speaking to the young boy, I, you have a daughter, right? But I, I don't dare speak in I that. have a son too, but I okay. What I'm trying to implement in the conversation I'm trying to invoke is that we have this deeper conversation as they grow to prevent the government being in our relationships. That's my whole totality. That's where I'm trying to go all the way with it, where you start, the government's now involved in your relationships. They're pulling out of your money. They're pulling away from your finances. You find yourself in this child support thing of somebody you probably really didn't want to be with in the first place, but you didn't really have the self-cognizance to really analyze the entire situation about what sex really is, how you're going to enjoy it, how you're going to want more, but what the priorities are in front of it. So when I asked that question, when I asked that question, I came to the realization that some, like you said, don't say I'm learning. Some people do not give the prop. They, we run away from it. Some of us run away from the conversation. Parents of yesteryear ran away from the conversation and now left our guards down to a lot of things that people profit off of. And I want to try to make that shift. Even though we'll have people make those same mistakes, the cognizant conversation of communication of it has left us in a way where people have not been able to create legacies because they're being drained and funded. The government is being funded by by their mistakes. Is this a plea for all baby fathers happening in front of me? What's going on? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) That too. And, and, you know, and, and cats, you know, and, and also, this is a plea for people to recognize that purpose and work is, is, a, is a lot more important than sex in certain instances. I want people to realize uh, foundation and work 
it's important too. Do do those go together though? I mean, well, they yeah. go together, right? But uh, you know, you absolutely don't get me wrong. One is that the the final outcome of a bunch of steps, right? But again, toxic masculinity. Uh, I remember being 13 and walking with my best grade school friends, and how I found out about sex was hmm. they um. They was like, whoever brings a condom that smells like vagina to school gets a hundred dollars. That's what I mean. Right there. They left you that. Yeah, that's so but I but I had a military father who would have slapped the shit out of me had I come home and asked him about a condom, about having sex, because all they talked about was school books. And it, I swear to you, if you wasn't talking about a school book or something for school. He was doing your schoolwork, eating dinner, and going to bed. I didn't have a family that we ain't had them. There was no, nah, dog. It wasn't no Cosby, nothing. There was no fun moments with us singing on the stairs together. <laughs> no, we didn't do. There was none of that. We wasn't making cakes together. My mother made cakes with my sister, and I got to eat out the bowl. But after that, it was back to your homework. Um, I had a very strict upbringing. I didn't get to play in the streets till later when I forced my hand at 17 and ran. It was like, I'm going to be on the street. And, but I wasn't a kid that was a lot. Nah, dog. So the sex, the being, even my parents picked us up from school. There was never no, I'm going to meet up with you. We went to a Catholic school. There was no, we're going to have sex in the staircase. There was just none of it. Um, and there was kids that, one shout out to Tasha if she ever see this. My homegirl Tasha lived directly across from my grade school, and all the kids used to play hooky at our house, and they was making all kinds of sex over there. But I, if I got one call to my mother crib or uh, to her job that I wasn't in school, you probably wouldn't even know me right now, dog. So I was fixed in my seat as soon as the bell rang until the bell rang to go home. Um, I didn't. My parents didn't play them games. They didn't play them games. So I never, so to answer your question directly, I never got a sex talk. Um, I, when I, yeah, man, I, it was on my own recognizance. So when, <laughs> did you, as a parent, did you have to give one? Did you give one or did you allow life to um, this course? So the, my, okay, so I got two different kids, two different baby mothers. Um, my, Son's mother, she moved to Florida because I wouldn't be with her. So I didn't have a real say, you know, he was raised with the, he don't want us, you know, mindset. You know what I'm saying? We kind of connected now. Yeah, let's, let's not even talk about toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but, but my daughter's mother, she definitely called me like, Yo, your daughter likes a boy. And then I would ask, but she's a girl. So I was still gonna let her mother have the conversation and say, you know, oh, boys only want one. You know, I would tell her that, but I, we never had the, the the conversation was for her mother. You yeah, know, absolutely. That, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that, good I, on that. I respect that a thousand percent because I, I I really feel I can't speak for women. I feel like that all the time. I mean, I know there's things. We oh can, no, that's a fact. But I, but I don't even walk down that street, and I, all you can tell is how disrespectful we are to women. And that's still speaking for us. That's the, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. all you you can't say. These are the feelings you're gonna feel. Mm -hmm. you, you're not gonna. You can't say that. You can say I've seen women do this, but you can't tell even them 
how to stave off their feelings because you don't know what they're feeling in here. Mm-hmm. You, we don't know about those butterflies. We feel stuff. Yeah. Damn, I really like, damn, like we feel the fire burning, but the fire burning is to make it to the bedroom. Their, their butterflies is to get married or to have you be my man and be together forever. So it's a whole, I mean, I don't speak in absolutes because the thoughts live, right? <laughs> but I'm talking about the wholesome ladies. That's another t-shirt, the thoughts live. I like that. (laughs) T-shirt alert, the thoughts live. This dude is getting rich off of this interview. (laughs) Somebody stop this, take the wheel, Jesus. All right. (laughs) Could there be a basic training program amongst men, a level of education with skill traits are taught within the community? I'm talking outside the church, outside the Boys and Girls Club, outside the school system, where we teach things like financial literacy, communication, how to change a tire, how to change a tie, gardening, general wealth building, real estate stocks, speaking with the elderly with intent. Do you think we can ever culminate something like that within our own personal tribe to make it work to the point where it's fun for kids? Now, this is the new communicative process. Like, I just bought some stock in Nike and I'm having a good time. Uh Uh-oh, professor. Here we go with the professor glasses. Do you think that we can never get there and really do something like that in our communities. Are we too much against the fray in terms of content? So, there have been clubs like that, right? They had the Big Brothers program. Absolutely. But there's never been- Let me give the context before you answer that. I'm talking about like, okay. if you and I were neighbors, and our, and our best versions of ourselves, the things we talked about, we talked, and then we was like, okay, we're gonna teach this to our kids. And if our kids ever play outside, we're gonna make sure that like this have, for example, we were in the neighborhood. Every week we have a, a flea market for the kids and they have to sell something. And we as the parents walk up and down the street and buy what we want and teach them financial literacy. Like the community actually working together to prepare them for how the world really run, really runs outside of the Boys and Girls Club, outside of those things, like us, parents working together in tribal neighborhood fashion. That is an anachronistic uh, community you're talking about. Anachronistic meaning, um, anachronism, meaning something that is out of its time period. You're talking about a community from the 1940s and 50s when you could discipline my child because I told you, if you see him out in the street, Right now, I say this about a lot of stuff, the world would have to be decimated and rebuilt with all those values. I'm not saying it can't happen because who the fuck am I, right? No, no, but like, you're it, teaching me about that, that, that con- the word. I never heard that before. Please educate me. So anachronism is something that's out of its time period. So an old clock right now is anachronistic because we have digital everything, right? A typewriter is an anachronism. It does not belong in this time period. A person that thinks in the way you're thinking is an anachronism because they're out of their time period. Now, that thinking could be relegated to that time period or you would have to create one of those cults. So Mm -hmm. could what you're talking about happen? Yes. In a community that is more like the Indians live on their own land that the government cannot come in and regulate, that they have, and I'm sh- it's like that. It's grown up with culture. I say all the time that prejudice is good for one reason. It preserves culture and, and those who are brilliant get it. 
Um, how many people do you know that are Puerto Rican that can't speak Spanish and can't cook Spanish food? How many people do you know that are Jamaican that can't speak Patois and can't name any parishes? I can name parishes and I'm not Jamaican. So we have a problem with culture. Why? Because the people of today want to be rappers and get their body done and forget to teach their kid their ancestry. They do not put them with their grandmothers and grandfathers and they do not make them respect their elders. It is a whole different way of, mm. of fashioning your community. And for that, you would need to relegate yourself to a reservation with the Indians who are going to have you have ceremonies. Go to Spain where you're going to have a quinceanera. You, you go to communities that hold on to the old world traditions, which create the idea of culture. This is why so many people are lost because they don't know who their people are. They don't know what their people made. They don't, let's think of, let's talk about music. When the Africans were being um, stripped of everything that they knew, their mm -hmm. language, their music, if the elders did not live long enough to write and pass it down, you know how many things we probably don't know our people created and used to do? Absolutely. There were, there were no record keepers. There were no one in the in the tribe who was responsible for everything to know what happened, to know transgressions of this person. You remember back in those times, there was someone who actually kept record of if your wife cheated on you. These are things that are unbeknownst to the people of today. They exist as if they came here and they're responsible for tradition. They're responsible for culture. They don't know that everything they're doing has been created and, exist, and existed for decades and centuries before you. And all you're doing is perverting it. You're, it's not that you're not doing it, bitch. You're doing it. You're just fucking it up. That's it. It's funny what you said about keeping records of your wife, Chino. There's a lot of laws and stuff when I was living in South Carolina that they had that people don't know about. Like on Sundays, you can literally take your wife to the Capitol and smack her around and it's legal. That was still on the books till a few years ago. <laughs> it was just like a lot of stuff. I never people, heard of that and I like that. You look it up, yo. It was weird. Like you can do certain things that was in the real laws of the that state. And what you said is, is very, very strong. And I want people to take this interview in and really digest it. Man, I appreciate it. Once again, I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm learning. I appreciate you, bro. I'm, I'm learning a lot. I like the, the words you're giving me. I'm definitely writing them down and I'm going to do my own research and build my vocabulary and build myself up. Now let's get to the, I, I like it. let's get to the minuscule things. I like to talk about the small stuff. I want to know the top three things you wanted a woman. And the reason why I want to know, and I know it has to be more than three. I know I understand, but I just want three. And when I get these three, I want to see if you say the one intangible that I feel a lot of people leave out. Now, there's no wrong answer here. Everything is subjugated towards you, of course. But I want, I want to have this discussion. So, Mr. Pudgy, what are the top three things you wanted a woman? I know them. And I know you said it's subjective. But I think a lot of men feel this way, and I'm and I'm gonna tell you, uh, I went a out lot into of men? the world. A lot of men, I, the right. men in my experience, a lot of men that I've spoken to, okay. feel Let's this way, right? And this and this speaks to why women don't understand why they're not the one. Um, 
You like turning that knife. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna go all the way. I'll just stab I'm you. I, 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 I'm ready. I, we gotta finish it. I'm yeah. a finisher. Yeah. So, um, top three. Top three. I don't know how to phrase this in a way that I want you to be. I want you to, I want you to be a person. When I say that, I mean, I don't want you to be a parody of a woman. I don't want you to be a, a, a masquerade of a woman. I want you to be a feminine, compassionate, empathetic, balanced creature. I want you and this is one, this is still, I'm still on one. Yeah, you said person. I want you, I want you to be communicative and I want you to be self-aware, but I want you to also be aware of who you're dealing with. I want you to be present. I want you to be present. And when I say that, I mean, when I, I'm going to explain all the parts of that, all the facets of that statement. When I say parody of a woman, a woman is not, and I'm going to break this down, someone who gets their body done, gets on Instagram, and twerks for everybody. It's not a woman to me. Getting your body done, there's nothing wrong with that. If I'm all for improvement. I'm all for self-betterment. You go to the gym, some people take the doctors, the same shit. You reshaping your appearance, right? But... That should not be who you are. That should be the icing on the cake. Um, a woman is a superhero. A woman, and I'm going to talk about my mom. A woman can see a man's anger, can see him on fire, and can navigate that personality the expertise of a surgeon with a scalpel and come out with his best personality on top. She can weave through that nigga's whole personality and be like, here's the best you, look at it and be that. And he doesn't even know what's happening because she's so, she's so savvy and she's so, she's so beguiling. A woman should be beguiling. That's what a woman should be. The word is spelled B-E-G-U-I-L-I-N-G. A woman should be enchanting. A woman should be an experience. A woman should be open, but intricate, interesting. It doesn't even have to be about me because I would love to just dive in the pool of who you are as a woman and be engulfed by your presence. You just being here, we don't have, it has not about sex, it's not about you. You don't even have to be the, you don't even have to cook because I cook, right? You just got to watch TV with me, want to talk, want to listen. Don't tell me, you're doing too much. Oh, I want this. Oh, I, look, do what I call looking out the window where we got this perfect life. And because your girl pulled up in a Rolls Royce, 
you like, oh, I fucking hate her. Like, she got a rose voice. I think a woman should be a man's peace because men are erratic, men are chaotic. There are women that are like that and there are men that are the reverse. Don't get me wrong. But I'm talking about in the truest, most primal sense of who we are, caveman days, a woman should float down from heaven and a man straighten the fuck up because her spirit pulls it all together. That's, I, 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 I can't even, I'll, I'll make it about my daughter's mother. I've had sex with a lot of women um, on tour, randomosity. I had a whole thing where I was fat. So anybody who was sleep with me, I was like, oh my God, you like me. I feel lit. You know, I've met them. I met that. I'm a go-getter. I'm a hustler. I'm a stripper. I'm a th um, Two people. This white girl I dealt with with my, remember my best friend, I told you, Kenny, who got killed from the IBM dances. Uh, this is, to me, this is a microcosm of a woman's personality. He got shot. I told her he got shot. I had to go to the studio. We in LA. She's a stripper. We be having sex in the pool, chilling. She white, she bad, thick, blah, blah, blah. Well, all that stuff. But the dude, you know, you feel like, oh, I made it. She's fire, whatever. I came home. She knew my best friend got murdered. She had rose petals all over the floor and made me chocolate chip cookies, had candles all over the place, and she just wanted to lay in the bed and hold me. That's a woman. That's a woman. Cause I'm gonna do all. I'm gonna be attentive. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to you. I'm gonna get you everything you want. I'm gonna be mental because it's not just about the the the, the uh, physical things or uh, you know the gifts and the bags and material everything. But it is about exhibiting and being consistent. Cause women like consistency. Women want you are what you say you are and you do as you say you will do. And they want those two things to be congruent. And I'm my best person when a woman is just at peace and keeps me balanced. And so I'm gonna say my daughter's mother, besides what Crystal did, my daughter's mother, she never talked about child support. She just wanted me to good, be a good, be there, her exact word. I just want you to be there for our daughter because we weren't a relationship. It was just one of my things along the way. But growing older, I look at her and when she calls, I don't feel like the girls that I chased after, the, the me with all the gold chains and the cars chased after the wrong women. They, the fire that they were igniting in me, I thought was attractive. It was the fire that was making me a devil. She was the fire that was making me want to be in tune with God. And she's not no Bible thumper, none of that. But she made me want to be the light in people's lives. She, her, her energy inspired me to be a peaceful person and good to other people. There's nothing that's too much about my daughter's mother. She's amazing for me. I, I, I can't tell you if I had to talk about any... Like I told about my mother, my mother's a Taurus. She'll tear the shit down, chop the door down with hatches. My mother's the is so it's a whole as a mother, it's no, there's no arms up and there's no Taurus, man. That's the problem. Yeah. So 
I gotta support my people. So they the wrong one. They the what the fuck? You heard what that nigga said? Go slap that nigga. That's the Taurus female. It's my mother, right? My daughter's mother is. You don't need to go to jail behind this. Come on, let's go. And I realized, being who I am, I need a balanced, beguiling, enchanting, balanced, compassionate, empathetic woman who only wants to be respected and she will flourish. That's the water that she needs to grow as a flower. She don't need nothing else. Person. That's that's the whole one for the person, right? Absolutely. Uh, you got two more to go. Let me get them. <laughs> um, um, the second one I would say is she needs to be a good listener. Mm. Uh, I'm a person that this is a thing. It's a trigger. It's the gun. It's the bullets. It's the whole shit. Um, if I'm talking. I don't care if I'm on 95. That's my personality. Let me get it out. And I'm going to come back downstairs. But right now I'm on the roof, bitch. And I'm screaming this from the mountaintops to Jesus' people. And don't tell me, oh my God, don't want to calm down. Or I don't want to hear all that. I don't got all of that sends a signal to me that you're not for me. I need someone that's going to be a listener. Sometimes I don't need, I don't even need your fucking feedback. Whoever you are, I just need to say, yo, so and so did so and so that's fucked up. I can't believe they did that shit. Alright, yo, you want to get something to eat? But when you tell me, calm down, which in, in psychology, that's a trigger word for people. When you're dealing with um ED EDPs, which are emotion emotionally disturbed people, there's a training where to de-escalate those people, you learn words that are trigger words for people. Calm down, stop it, relax. It's not what you say to somebody. It'll be all right. <laughs> um, it, it'll be all right, it's good. Tell me about it. Oh my God, I'm sorry that happened. Mm -hmm. Explain. W what are you feeling about that? What, what, what do you wanna do? How can we fix it? That's what you say to somebody who is in turmoil. You don't put a cap on a bomb. You don't say, that's a bomb. Let's just cap it so it could blow everything the fuck up. No, you try to what? Diffuse it. These are things that for some reason idiots have to be taught. Yo, stop. Yo, chill. Calm down. What the fuck? Like, that, that's what you do to your children, which is why they are in turmoil, which is why they become EDPs. And they are emotionally disturbed people. And they need to be de-escalated because they felt what? Like somebody said to me recently, I felt like no one ever heard me in my life. No one will listen to me. I think, so, go ahead. I think, I think, I think that is like, for a few instances, I started to feel like women didn't listen to men when we spoke. A few moments in my life, like in relationships. Yeah. A man will tell you, a man, in my opinion, not all, maybe not all men, but right, right. a man will say, yo, this, this, this is really bothering me. Because talk about speaking to my friends, he would say directly what it is. And his, his counterpart- Well, you said a man. You yeah. said a man. A man, you mean all men. You do mean all men because a man is different from a male. So you're right. right. A man will say, 
whatever you okay. say. Yeah, absolutely. So these my counterparts would say, you know, this I said this to my count. I said this to my counterpart, but she didn't hear me. Like I said it many times. This is how I feel. Some people just don't take in the information. People don't listen to people on both sides of the fence. Like really listen. You know, a, a, a communicative process for men. And I know you. I know you've seen this. Somebody, people arguing back and forth, and someone says one thing. Man, you got one more time. If you listening, you mean it's about to be on. That's it. Ain't no more conversation. But if you ain't listening, you might find yourself on your back because you were you wasn't ready. Well, you know they be listening and they take that as a challenge. Right. So it's either or. Either or. One more but, time. What the fuck? We just need one more time. All that, all that, all that talking right there is, and, and it pops off when it's somebody. One more time. Boop. Like you know, it's like they're not listening. You know what I mean? Right. One more time is the trigger. Like, you know, they go right at it, like you just said. So I appreciate you saying that. And we have number three. You said, what is your third one, sir? Number three is maturing. I don't want, I don't want someone who's at their maturation. I want someone who's always maturing. That's what I want. And that, that includes everything. That includes being tolerant, challenging herself, challenging me when I need to be challenged, identifying those things in me that need fortifying or those things that need to be dissolved or torn down or chiseled away at. And being smart enough to not come head on and thinking that because you think it should be chiseled away, you may be right, but... It, it may be a coping mechanism that I've developed because of what I went through in life, right? So I think I need it. And you telling me I don't need it. You don't need your shield and your sword anymore. I'm like, bitch, it's a war out here. What the fuck you talking about, right? So you got you to gotta, you gotta show me why I don't need to be in the Coliseum with the rest of the 300 niggas. Because we out here at war. Everything you said, I appreciate that. And it's, it's subjugated towards how you feel as a man. One follow-up question before I give you what the word or intangible I was thinking about. The diaspora or the, the context of what you spoke about at those three things, does that mean that woman has to go through several experiences so by the time she gets to you, she knows how to win to apply these things or are you willing to grow with her in that? Well... I think that should be inferred because I said to you, I want her to always be maturing. Right. So the growing with you part has been answered, but I will say this to you. You don't have to come to me ready, but please believe some people will come to you. First of all, a woman's 15 is a dude's 39. Niggas is dumb as fuck. So not all, but you know what I'm, niggas is dumb, right? So <laughs> when you come um, and you've had maybe maybe you've had a well-rounded life maybe you have you have an affluent family and i was gonna go back to what you were talking about a charm school for women you went to like we need for men where men are being groomed right like ophelia divorce which was the charm school for females where they learn to walk hold your handbag what handbag with, with, with what dress how to shake a hand how to look directly into a man's eye how to stop them from looking at your cleavage these are all trainings men should have the same thing um in ophelia's divorce the women learned how to not address uh a woman's husband before she addressed the woman even though you might have thought the man was attractive you're sending a signal, bitch. You're non-existent. Look at this nigga right here. 
they teach you those things, how to navigate society to what coexist. So yes, I believe all of the dudes in the world should go through a regimen and come out with a certificate that says, I know better than to talk to a dude's girl before I acknowledge him. Cause I'm sending a signal of, I want that action, right? Um, how to sh firmly shake a hand, how to look at someone, how to listen effectively, how to interactively listen, how to effectively listen, how to actively listen, how to passively listen, how to respond like I listened. So I think when you say these things, I think what you're saying to me is we need people, friends, female lovers, whoever, to come to us. I don't want to say fully mature because that's childish. I want you to come to me ready to work. I want you to come ready to work because friendships, love, it's work. Uh, understanding how someone moves, understanding what someone needs that we may not like about them, that they need to breathe. They need that to function. They're so used to being uh, objectified. Maybe, you know, someone's always talking about their body. So now when you talk about their body, they feel uneasy, but it's not about you. It's something that they've got to wash off and you've got to fall back and not personalize everything and be like, why the fuck you coming at me like that? But you're not taking into account their life experience because you're selfish, right? And that's both parties, the male and the female, the brothers, the sisters, the brothers, the brothers. We all need to remember that there was a life before we met you. There were experiences before we met you. And the way that we gel together is we mesh those things together. They may not be immediately interlocking. They may not. There may be some things that shouldn't fit. And I tell people, listen, if you force the square peg into the round hole, you're going to shave the, the sides off the square. You made it fit, but you shaved the sides off the square. So when you find the square that you were supposed to fit, it's now a round peg. So it's no longer a fit. What the fuck you going to do? Now you got to search for a square peg. For me, I think we need to be looking for the people that fit and identifying who sees us, right? Because women want to be seen, but men want to be seen too. I don't want my feelings, my experience to be invisible to you. I don't want you to think that as a human, me having this moment of needing to talk to you about this means I'm weak. Because it doesn't mean I'm weak. It means that I'm actually super strong, bitch, because I'm letting you in. The weak person is going to mask it, shroud it cover it up with stink shit and flip on you when really they're hurting. The mature person who's not weak is going to say, listen, that really hurt my feelings. I don't know if you should do that again. It's up to you to be like, oh shit, let me get my bat so I can hit a home run with this one or go, I'm just standing here with this glove and I'm looking around. I don't know what's going on. Or and or be defensive. They, they bring up another moment where you didn't listen. People do that too. Oh, oh hold on. You about to fight me right now. You are my brother. You, I, I, listen, this is a hug. It's a hug right now. Listen to what happened. If I tell you, yo, I really don't like when you talk over me and you're like, well, you be I'm like, oh shit. You done held all that in. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I do say this. I go, you taking my moment of bravery. Let's be clear. <laughs> Let's you be take clear. my moment of bravery yes. to talk to you about something that's bothering me. To get brave, you're a pussy. Period. Because 
you could you was walking around sour the whole time, but because I'm not the, I'm gonna say what I say when I feel it, and the moment I want to say it, I'm gonna say it. Now you feel like the door's open for you to drop a whole bunch of shit on me. You know what I say at the point, bitch? I'm not addressing none of that because it's what out of context, ho. You had your time to process. We could have did it both at that time. I don't even remember why I said whatever you mad at about because that shit was two months ago. In other words, I say it like this. This is about me. This is not about you. <laughs> he says it a I lot mean, differently. <laughs> nah, it's, it's, it's that true. But I listen, I got to clarify. You yeah. had your window, bitch, and you didn't climb through it. This is a door now. We're not at the window. You I were see. supposed to, you listen, you're supposed to jump through the window. I'm like, hold up. I don't like it when you grab my titties in public. I'm like, oh shit, my bad. Yeah. But you bringing it up now. I don't even remember when I did that, bitch, because I grabbed titties all the time. You like my other girl. It's just four, y'all. I don't remember. Was it your titty? You sure it was you? Sure that was me? We, I'm just saying, seize the moment, my nigga. If you got an issue with me, talk your shit. <laughs> Respect it. So the one thing I think people leave out, and I want to say that you covered it because there's different forms of it. So you spoke yeah. about having empathy and having uh, is, is intelligence. And intelligence is broad, right? We got emotional intelligence. We have all these things recognized. But I would like men not, it has to be in the top three, but I want them to realize and recognize that intelligent women who recognize who you are emotionally wise, like you spoke about, is not a guarantee. But you need to have it if you have a list. If you have requirements, if that's something you're looking for, an intelligent- you need, woman, What, what, what? Emotional intelligence? A lot, yeah. Intelligence has a is a broad spectrum, but, but we're talking about emotional intelligence. You say, yeah, in general, a lot of men don't even look for that. A, no a lot form, of men don't even know it exists. Right, like no form of intelligence. Right, they don't look for the form of intelligence in a woman. So this is why I'm bringing it up. So now anybody listening can say, I need to look for some form of intelligence in a woman that this is for the long term. This is for somebody you're really looking for, right? This is not for the short term. Short term is is no different things people use to track don't worry about me i'm having don't worry about me you're good My technical difficulties you have some vertigo over there i get it <laughs> let's continue this conversation let's stay right here let's stay right here in this women men talk i have this question this is my favorite question on the show now you can take it the way you want to flip it around it's subjugated towards you but i love this question as a husband i'm gonna put you in the husband seat as a husband would you rather have a great woman or a great wife and please explain whatever which one you choose well if you're talking to me i'm talking to you because listen let me I, let me let me let me say this is someone who shares the same mindset as you shares the same studies some of the same background some like-mindedness so right. I want you to speak for yourself because this might go over some people's heads, but it might also hit on some people that are just like you. I'm talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, every great woman is not going to be a great wife, right? Every great woman that's a great wife or shares one of the two may not be a great mother. So for me, I'm a linear thinker, bro. I like things to go in a line, right? So if you're, if, if, what do I have here? If you're, this is toothpaste. If you're a great He's not in woman, his bathroom now. He just happens to have toothpaste there. Go ahead. <laughs> I keep toothpaste everywhere. I got 
in my book bags or my e-bike in my car i brush my teeth all the time this is a thing so um if you where my other toothpaste hold on <laughs> all right so this is crest 3d white right and this is colgate renewal so if you this good woman if you this good if you this good woman right yeah. Uh-huh. You're this good woman. I like you. And a good woman makes me want you to be a good wife. So for me, if you're not this, you're never gonna be this for me. Right. It's not it, they're never the two never meet in the middle. They are a graduation. I elevate you to one and give you that status as a wife so that you can have a right yes um a, a role of lover a mother but so for me if you're not a good woman why why would i want you to elevate to this you not, you can't be colgate renewal bitch you crest 3d you're not even crest 3d white you like some shit from pathmark so i feel like listen people no, hold on a second those who don't know what pathmark is it is a supermarket and it's essential it stayed open during the 96 blizzards back in the day that's all i want to say matter of fact <laughs> but you know what you dollar tree you're not <laughs> even you're not even pathmark you dollar tree so listen a good woman never has to be a good wife a good woman could forever be your good woman y'all can have kids she'll be a great mother wife is a, a so, part of a social construct right they decided that you don't need a piece of paper to be a good woman. You don't need a piece of paper to be a good man. That's something that the government, read, oh, that's a, his good wife because they're married. But I don't ever need to give you that title. If you want to be a good woman for the rest of our relationship and we live together, I'm going to be super duper happy. I got a, how many men you know say, I got a good woman, right? Mm -hmm. I don't. The wife thing is neither here nor there. If you want that, you want that. But I'm already feel like you, married, you my wife, even if you, because you're a good woman and you've been a good woman to me for seven, eight years. You my wife, yes. If we're going to give a title, we should get papers because of the social construct needing that for insurance and paperwork and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But, you know, entitlement to things that you've earned and shit, joint, whatever. But for me, there are graduation of titles. So if you're not a good woman, you'll never make it to a good wife because you're not good at all. Now, it's almost unfathomable to, unfathomable to me how the two could even be an option. Please. Well, did you be honest? Like you said, not every great woman is a great, vice versa. There's a lot of, there are a lot of bad wives out there, but he still made them wife, didn't he? He knew what the, but, he knew. What the but that means he makes bad decisions. We don't know why you chose us. Yeah, we don't. We don't I don't. I, I there are a lot of, but a lot of people look at it as the wife that's made for them. Like it's different answers. Like right? I can't give you an it's answer. It's a fact. I can it's only a fact. You, I can only give you what the other men have spoke about. I never speak on this as what it could be. I just want to hear what people's opinions are, what's subjugated for them, so everyone can listen. In total you know what? Inform what. Now nah, you know what they, they. So so talking to someone like yourself, who I think gets um, and emanates spiritually from the place that I do, I think you get what I'm saying. But I do believe that you could be a good wife if you're, if it's an arrangement, right? If, 
All you're supposed to do is make sure the paperwork is taken care of, keep the house clean, um, show up when you need to show up. You're a trophy, you're a prop. Um, you might have a boyfriend on the side. You're a good wife. That well, whatever. Yeah. You also, let's speak about you know this. This is around the world too. What we're talking about. So the wife could be the joining of two families coming together also and beneficial for the entire family's connection for wealth and process. Let's not forget about that part too. You don't want to hierarchies and because shit. You got, you got to remember where I'm at and with the people that I do interview also, they come from that background. They, some people marry within their family. Arranged marriages. And arranged yeah. marriages come within that background. So and, and you know what? And I'm so glad that I'm not privy or in, experienced in that world because that sounds empty and shallow. It sounds painful. You may lock up. You know, you may get, I mean, I'm sure some of the wives or husbands look challenged and you like, but it's going to make this the family blow up. And it's like, all right, cool. But this monster I'm marrying. You, you, you know, you know, your perspective is welcome and, and I love it. It's, but what I often think about is when people don't have the education or know to know to think that. If they to, only to have- think independently. Yeah. Yes, if they, you're if right. They, if they've only been given Crest, Crest is the only toothpaste they're gonna swear by Crest because they've never even been exposed to the other version, right? <laughs> right. So all you got is Crest. So when we're you know not, we're, we're watching from a distance. We're watching from the dentist's office. Like you don't see. You want to know something? Crest? You thank you for pulling me back because you know what? Sometimes we're so progressive and we're so advanced and we're so capable and so able and so allowed that we don't realize that there are places where people never even heard of marrying who you fell in love with. Right. Um, they raise you in the cult on the reservation. And all you know is that's my husband and you're 12. He, we're going to get married. And you're like, you can marry who you want. Don't you want to marry somebody? And they're like, <laughs> you you're going to get killed. For the clouds? <laughs> he was but now I'm whispering for in those countries where you're gonna get your motherfucking yeah. head chopped off. Yeah. But even talking about something against the the monarchy, they're like, we don't marry people we love here. And what? And only thing I'll ever say about women from America, right? Only thing I would say is, I know we have our differences, and I know they feel that they're done wrong, but they're so much freer than most other places. They're not getting stoned to death. They don't miss they don't, miss. They don't, they don't realize that they, around the world is so much freer. Like, can I can talk to you real quick? Of, yeah. Please, anyone who hasn't seen this movie, if you want to hurt your feelings and realize how much of a not how much of a free woman you are, how much you're not persecuted and a slave, please watch the stoning of Soraya M. The mm. stoning of Soraya, S-O-R-A-Y-A-M. It's about an Indian woman who, um, I can't even ruin it for you, but I'm gonna tell you, The Stoning of Soraya M is one of the most heartbreaking movies I've ever watched in my life. And you know what was dope about it? It wasn't like I needed her to be a part of our culture for me to relate to her struggle and to her persecution. But I'm gonna tell you something. You watch The Stoning of Soraya M and you'll be a changed individual. There's another movie, I mean, another book bread givers um again it's about jewish women and them emigrating 
to New York in the 1920s. And when you realize that women that were professors at Ivy League schools could not live alone for fear of being called a whore. You wait, you want to have your own apartment just because you have a job? Where's your husband, you whore? I don't rent to, they didn't rent to single women. Um, they had what's called a dowry for women. Um, for when, they, when, when a man decided he wanted to marry you, he got this bag. That's what the diary was. The dowry. It was the bag. Here go this 100,000. Get this bitch out of here. Y'all have fun. So when you realize what it is to be a woman and how not lucky we are as men, but how many pitfalls we evade just because we can't be pawned off or controlled in that way, you start to become very empathetic, especially if you have a daughter, if you have a mother and you're close and you have sisters, it, 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 it's heartbreaking. Um, that Stoning of Soraya M and the Bread Givers book both fucked my head up. Like they moved from Poland to Hell's Kitchen in New York. And it was like, you, you were a third world, a third class citizen. You were a third world um, member of society. It, it's, it's, yeah, man. So I have a different respect for women for some of those things. You know, education and, and having a loving mom and grandmothers and sisters and a daughter. Um, even though, you know, as young boys, we do dirt with, with females to prove ourselves to ourselves. At some point, if, if you reach your maturation, you start to say, there's another lens or there's another microscope I should be looking at women under if I'm a decent human being. So yeah, uh, yeah, the way you talk about women, yeah. Uh, they don't realize how lucky they are, yeah. I hate to, I hate to use yeah. the word lucky. I'm gonna have to come up with a better word, but I, I, I think they just not privileged to that information, like to realize what others in the constructs of being a woman are going through around the world versus their country. I'm not, I'm not mad at lucky being a euphemism for what it could be, miss. <laughs> Watch the stoner of Soraya M and call yourself okay. lucky. Well, I'm going to do everything you told me about today in this interview. I'm going to do my due diligence because I want to come back All and right. visit these conversations on a more intellectual <sighs> Please, level, bro. from my point of view, because I, I like yeah. people that grow me and, and I expect, I expect you to hold me accountable to the words I just said. Yo, did you read that book yet? Yo, did you watch that movie? I expect that to come from you. And I expect me to have the integrity to be like, I'm on it. I'm doing it right now. I'm making time for it. So that's the kind of person I always and maturing myself to bro be. you listen hats off i'm not giving them all the credit because i don't want you to go into they didn't do this but hats off to your parents your moms your pops whoever put the brain that they put in you the god you challenge yourself and you're looking for growth and if you keep water in your mind man you are gonna be a force to be reckoned with it's 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 so much more to know i tell people people that are the top producers don't know how to do um, biochemistry and vice versa. Biochemists be like, ah, what's a beat? A tempo, what's this? So we can't all know everything, but if we start to add to our repertoire, um, we can find ourselves in conversations that may spurn some other type of 
or spark something that's going to grow you. It may not even, you may not even go in the area that they're sending you, but it ignites something. And, you know, now your, 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 your synapses are firing and you're like, oh my God, I could do this. I, I could go read this book. I want to read up on. I like those people, man, because if all you know is what you learned up until you was 21, then what the fuck are you, a tree? It's done. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing about it is what you said about the book, you said what kept you there was this. And that, and I have a lot of problems with that. I'm be willing to admit if I'm reading something and it doesn't keep me there, I'm like, I really, because I do read a lot, but I, I don't say I read consistently. I read information. I get information. I like to read up what's going on, but to read it or to read a book for me, it's very challenging for my sporadic, always wanting to learn something, not liking the interim all the time of where something's going. So I, I have to challenge well, myself. Well, that's a heavy book, right? And you did say what books. So I'm just going to give you another No, I like book, that. Right? I like heavy. I, I love heavy. No, no, no. I want that, right? But here's a concept that even though it was written with a ton, a tongue-in-cheek um, spin on it, this book I picked up when I was walking down Fordham Road. I don't know what called out to me, but I don't even read these ghetto books. I'd be like, who the, who this ghetto person? Two people with guns on the cover. I ain't reading this book. This is dumb as hell, right? So I saw this book and I picked it up and I read it. And bro, <clears throat> not only was it so relatable because I knew people like this, the book gave me a term. It coined a term for me that going forward, when I say it, it resonates so deep with me and so deeply with other people. And I realized it's for the reason that the book put together all of these thoughts, but it was a culmination of experiences and visions that make you go, yeah. So the book is called Stained Cotton. Now, the reason that the book is called Stained Cotton is because they said these proper fly white chicks would always want to come mess with the hood dudes. And once the hood dudes mess with them, they were stained cotton. Mm. My God. It's a hood book, though. So when you read it, What's crazy, it's going to hold you. It's going to hold... I'm telling you that the way they describe the chicks, the way they describe the brothers, you want this to be a movie. The book is going to hold you. Um, the way they talk about how they move in the streets, how the white girls wanted to be involved with hood activities. But then when you realize how the white people never accepted these black dudes, even though they had a baby with them, you're like, oh, that's the real shit. And then when you realize, yo, do they really be calling them stained cotton behind the scenes? Like... Staying cotton, like now that a black person touched you, you was all white, but now you got you soiled with black. Like, what the hell? The book is fire, bro. The book, right. dude wrote the book when he was in jail. Who? He, he's like, he, the dude wrote the book oh, when okay. he was in jail. He wrote some other books. Fire. Yo, please read that book, bro. Both right. of them books I gave you is going to give you two. I like to give balance. So even though you're going to get some knowledge from staying cotton and it's going to be relatable to the urban experience, seed of the soul is gonna give you life experience, which could still be relatable. You need to definitely check both of them books. Staying cotton is crazy. Absolutely. So staying yeah. cotton. 
It's not, it's yeah. going to hold you. Cause you said the book is called hold you. No, it's going to hold my attention. And the book is called absolutely for clarification for those listening out there. Absolutely. We got two more questions to go. It's by Quentin go. Carter, by, by the way. Quentin Carter. Quentin Carter. We got two more yes. questions. Then we're going to be, unfortunately, we're going to have to end this interview. Even though I'm getting a plethora of knowledge from you. I know we got other Fire. things, other adventurers to go through. Now, let's get, let's get a little serious here. We talk about leaving a legacy but we ignore major steps. Do you have a will? Oh yeah. I just, yeah. I'm. So I tell you I'm from one of those families. That's not like, all right, let me tell you how ill my family is. And, I, and I'm sharing this to brag a little, but to inspire. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes you don't know that bragging makes, it, 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 it ignites aspiration in people and it makes you aspire to be like that so my mother was director of Verizon uh she only wanted us to go to Ivy League schools she graduated from Fordham and NYU my sister graduated my youngest sister graduated from Fordham NYU in Columbia my brother is the vice president of Morgan Stanley now my aunt my aunt ran Price Waterhouse and Jeffries, which are huge stock firms. And I could go on for days about my family and, and their achievements, right? My aunt, she just retired from being the vice president of Pricewaterhouse and Jeffries stock investment firms. And she, I tell you, my mother has 16 brothers and sisters. We have thousands of cousins because everyone procreates and people get married and all that stuff. So my aunt has now started an email chain and she does daily emails on anything. If there's a new diet, if there's someone's birthday, we've had family Zooms with 87 people on a Zoom. My cousins in Spain, my cousins here, all on one Zoom for everybody's birthday. And this isn't one person, this is everybody's birthday. Everybody's showing up, whether they're in their car or whatever. My aunt then talked to my uncle. He now is doing a family investment pool. We send in, we all send in $50 a month and he's investing for the whole family, right? You They doing the Zoom calls, but you ain't even gotta go on a call. You put in the pool, they pick the stock, we all eat. These are things, traditional and generational wealth that people do not do. I praise my aunt every day. I said, yo, you could have retired and laid up in your L crib with the pool and just chilled and said, I'm, I'm doing my nails. You went and started an email thread for the whole family with 300 names in the in the list where you sending out whose birthday, who graduated. My, my cousin Christina just became a nurse. Everybody, yo, cousin happy. Like, she's it's like a big mama thing. Things that you hear people don't do anymore. The things you, you and I were talking about. So when I look at that, if, if I get married or, you know, right now, whoever the new baby mother is, that's the structure you coming into. I don't even have, the women in my family are power players. If I told you the companies, I tell you what they do, I don't have, so I don't want to be around no weak chicks. Even my homegirls is, they they get it. They own stuff. And I'm not talking about, oh, I own a salon. No, they own car dealerships. They own big businesses. So for me, I need to surround myself with women. It's like that. So this conversation with you and I about women, it's euphoric for me. Because the women around me give me a high like I've never felt before. The dudes, not so much. The women link the dudes. The women 
quell beef flames. The women bring together people that can't work shit out. I have a whole different reverence for women than I, I've seen miracles happen for women. The dudes that don't like each other that could make the million dollar deal happen, it's the women who's in bed with one that says, you need to get with him and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm telling, listen, yeah, it's stop. like a Tyler Perry movie, dog. You be acting. You got to stop changing your voices like you in the scene. You need to get with him. That's how it's done out here in the movie. No, nah, that's a, it's, it's, bro. It's real. It's real, though. Remember, art it's imitates real. life and life yeah. imitates art. I, I listen, agree. I'm telling I you. I agree. Well, let me ask you this question. Why do you think, as a culture, we run away from getting a will or just building a trust or looking at life insurance as an investment versus putting a tab on somebody's head or betting when they're gonna die. I almost took off my hat. Listen, I'm gonna tell you a secret. I don't tell many people this. It's like four people I told. I went to school with the white boys. They they like me, they talk to me. Like, yo, da, da. I'm cool, right? So I get to hear, I don't have no racial tension going, we cool. So they start to tell me things. One dude told me the re he's like, you know, people want to know the secret to our community and why we have money. He's like, but they don't know what we do behind it, behind it, behind the doors or whatever. This dude told me that the Jews have their kids when they turn a certain age, take out insurance policies on their parents, get a job and pay for that insurance policy on top of the ones that their parents got for them. So you're not walking away with a million dollar policy. You want you got a million over here, a million over here, and a million over here, right? So you already take it. Then you do that with your kids. He said, the reason it, it wouldn't work, he said respectfully in the black culture is because as you've seen on YouTube, you can Google it, the rapper that killed his mother for the insurance money and was balling out of, it's on YouTube, balling out of control, buying everybody, everything, whips and throwing money everywhere is the black people will kill each other for the insurance money. Like you was just saying, like, price on your head. Oh, my mother, I got a million dollar insurance policy. Just set this bitch up and we gonna eat. Like weird shit. I think that be, besides that and the idea that people don't have enough, they look at an insurance policy as another bill. They can't see it. You and I just talked, we've used this word several times tonight. <clears throat> Tangible, there's an intangibility factor to a will like what am i paying it's like insurance why am i paying this shit? i don't use it so when people don't realize i mean there are insurance policies that you can take out money against but people don't get that far to know you invested fifty thousand, you can take out ten thousand and go buy whatever you need and pay it back later people don't understand that but it's education another thing that we've been speaking about and i don't think i don't think that people have enough capital space in their homes to have those conversations unless they're in the upper echelon, unless they're past middle class. Middle class might need, not even talk about that. Upper class, you know, upper middle class is going to be like, well, so-and-so and so. Like, I just told my, my daughter, this, you asking me about it. Let me say how ill I am. I had a whole conversation. Her grandmother was feeling sick. She's like, I keep telling her she needs a will but she don't have the money to do so. So I said, you do know that there's apps called Living Well apps. You can tell people to look it up where they'll do all the work for you. All you got to do is enter the information and it will construct a letter and the names and so on and so forth, right? 
you do know that all you have to do is write your ideas down, make a video of yourself, notarize it, notarize it and give it to an attorney and it's your will, right? You do know that. But education, bro, the importance of it isn't stressed enough. And some people don't think they have enough maybe to will away or they think they're going to live forever or they don't have anybody they want to will it to. I can't speak for everybody, but I do know that a lot of people view it as a bill because I've been talking, I just had that conversation with my daughter a month ago because her grandmother was losing her eyesight and she had to get needles in her eye every month for uh, a certain amount of months to restore her eyesight. She was like, what if grandma died? I told her she needs a will. And that's how the conversation came about. So I sent her the, excuse me, the apps and said, you can use any of these apps. Stop acting like it takes a million dollars to write a will. It's done. I like to tell this story about my dad. My dad is like 77 year old G, right? He still has this, right. has this, he don't speak much, a lot of words. Hey man, what's going on? I'm good. Like, like he's just real, like he's in that. And I said, pop, you don't think it's time for you to get a will? He said, man, we got time for that. <laughs> And because I think he thinks that's bringing death into his life. And I, and the reason I asked you that question, why I ask every man that question is because I want to change the narrative. I just want to bring it to your mind that you need to look at it as an investment. I want to bring it to your mind that we are now putting ourselves in a cultural space where we're able to not, we're able to pull the best things from other cultures to also that pull them up to do the same things within our frame. You know what? My one message for this whole conversation, because you've allowed me to give a lot of mantras and a lot of material for people to grow from. But my one message would be to be better humans to each other and educate each other and urge each other, nudge each other towards a proclivity to do things that benefit us. And I say, when I say proclivity, I mean to have a, a penchant, another word, right? To, to have a lust to build wealth, to have a lust to take care of home, to, to have a lust for preparedness. To, whether it's, okay, on, on that thread I told you about with my aunt, I was on Amazon and I saw that they had fire bags. And a few years ago, fire bags, meaning they protect your things in the case of a fire. My parents had one of their houses burned down a few years ago. And something inside me said, send this to my aunt. Because if you send her anything that she thinks is great for the family, she's going to send out a threat. She sent it out. Everybody started buying fire bags. Because there are things that are irreplaceable to us. You know, whether it's pictures of our kids, pictures of our parents, pictures that you, in the event of, these are fireproof bags. I said, let me send this to my family because they might, you know, I go with whatever God inspires. And we sent it out. But I'm going to tell you, I, I also urge the parents to be real parents, man. Not just think I'm raising this little bastard. When they're 18, they're out of here. And I get my life back. Because it's my mother. Shout out to my moms at all times. It's my mother who calls me and says, all right, out of these houses, which house do you want? And I go, Ma, I don't want to talk to you about your shit. Like when you die, I'm not even gonna be able to think about what house do you want? Do you want the house in over here? You want the house over here? Cause your sister is going with this. Da, 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 da. Um, what cars do you want? What my mother is so far ahead of niggas like, yeah, she just sent me two more insurance policies. I'm glad you said that to my email. 
and I have two insurance policies and they have insurance policies on me. My mother's, this is the woman I'm telling you, man, this is the type of woman that every man needs. You need a, a forward thinker, a person that everything is lined up. Like I got a, my father, he loves to, he got a book. I'm like, yo, my nigga, it's not the 1920s. You write all your passwords in a book. And then you don't go back to look at the passwords. You you write the password over again, 50 pages later. And then you're like, oh, wait, which one is the AOL? Is it this one? I said, who even uses AOL? We had this conversation yesterday. I said, you need an Excel spreadsheet that when you, if something happens to you, we can all look at it. I have one. I can give you the template. He's like, oh, you know, I don't really know how to do all that stuff like that. That's your mother. I said, call her to the portal because we was on FaceTime. I said, ma. Please, spreadsheet. This is nuts. This man is looking at a black, black and white notebook for his fucking back. So we got to help each other streamline everything. You know what it is, bro. We got to help each other streamline and, 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 and create a sense of preparedness. Like how many people in your family have a to-go bag? You know what a to-go bag is? Yeah, bag that's ready to go just in case something happens. Some water in there. Your pass. Well, for us, it's water, passports, little, little, little stuff. I'm gonna ask my parents if they gave you up, yo, because I think you're my brother. <laughs> so listen, so many people don't know that. Like, yes, I'ma tell. I would even tell the hoes you have a to go bag. You know that bag you take to go fuck the niggas? That's a to go bag. Just put some extra shit in there and a flashlight. It's some other shit, and you got it to go back because yeah. at the end, at the end of the day, everyone needs to have that. In the event something happens, you know, FEMA asks that you have it, the Red Cross, but people don't communicate this stuff, and then everyone's in a frenzy instead of we've got to go now, get the to go bag, get the da, 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 we done. Yeah, everything's it's a sense of preparedness in every aspect that I think a lot of people are lacking. Um, have you yeah. checked your insurance? Have you checked your credit report? We, You know that grooming we talking about? That should be a checklist that you and I create for the grooming. Like, at the end of the day, that's something we can do, bro. But yeah. um, That'd be great. You, you, like, every six months, bro, or every three months, have you checked your, um, your, your, do you have your life insurance policy? Is it paid up to date? Because my man's mom's died, and he was like, oh, I'm going to be all that. And all he got was two blenders and a fake Louis bag because she didn't pay her insurance policy, even though she had one. So did or, you check that? Or they're paying the wrong insurance policy where she paid so much, she only getting $5,000 when she dies, but she done paid 20000 over the last 30 years. It's a fact. So it's, it's a fact. I had other people on insurance agents, men on the show who spoke about those plights in in, in Ignatium in, in, the greater, in the greater context, but... I'm still learning. I'm learning from all you men and, and all of those things is what I try to apply here on the show. So hope everyone's listening, taking this information in. And even if this is the only episode you see, you got a lot of life goals right here. And that accountability form you talked about, we can even separate it in age groups, right? Because it goes back to the prostate exams. Like a certain age of men need to get that done. A certain age of men need to be looking for this credit line. A certain age of men don't even need to start using credit cards yet. It's like, it's so many things. It could be in a mm. range of ages where, uh, where I feel that we can actually just, it could be vague, but at the same time, you can control how much water you drink from that, that river we led you to. Yep. I came yep. up I came up with something called operating at 100%. 
And what I mean by that is I took five categories. I took purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. And I split them up into 20% each, adding up to a total of 100% for a daily thing that I do called operating at 100%. At the end of mm. six days, I give myself a score total to let me know I'm working towards my goals. So it's mm. purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Purpose, right. health, I can hear that. I can hear that. Hear that? It's, it's, yeah, my man. <laughs> Purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Now, let me ask you All this right. question. Out of the last 24 hours, if you were to say, and with gauging 20% each, that's purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge, how much of 100% have you been operating out of? Purpose, uh, 100% of 20%. Okay. And health, that is eating right, working out, meditating, praying, whatever the things you do to keep yourself balanced. 18% because I work out, um, I eat right, but I had a cake. So 18%. I'm just, I'll be honest. <laughs> Listen, my wife's a baker. I always have the taste test and I don't even tell her, tell her, tell her, I'll, I'll send the adjunct. <laughs> I got you. Taste, you got a taste tester. Yeah, I, I definitely can use you. Confidence mean that you're doing stuff without fear, any insecurities. Have you met me? <laughs> of course. Let's move along. Okay. <laughs> money means you saved a little money, invested a little money, gave to a charity, or you know you made some money today. The last twenty four hours. A hundred percent of twenty percent because I invested. Um, I gave to somebody who didn't deserve it. Uh, yeah, 100% of 20 knowledge. Knowledge means you took in some new information that you learned from. I just spoke, I, I just spoke to you 100% of 20%. There you go. So now you're operating at 98%. So that's great, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give it up, Pudgy, for operating at 98%. You can't, you can't just round it off. You just can't. No, you no, can't. Not, not, we're not gonna I do can't. that. No, no, because this the whole point of this is uh, said, no, no, now we operating at 100%. Your, your greatest, your greatest task. For me, I have problems with working out all the time because, uh, I've, again, I put all of me trying to purpose my goals and not putting health in that category. I concentrate so much. So when I leave here, I have to go work out, do some push-ups or something just to try to get my percentage up. Because right now- Jump I, rope, bro. Jump rope is a full body workout. I love jumping rope. I, you know, quite quick side note, as a child, I couldn't do a push-up, I couldn't do a bench press, and I couldn't jump rope. As a man, I could do all those things at Ignazium. So I I, 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 revel, I revel in that. As a child, I was weak, bro. I was like that fat kid that couldn't do a push-up. I was that fat kid that couldn't jump no rope. I never even saw a person like that. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. I was strong, but I couldn't do a push-up. Like, I just didn't have that strength. You know what I mean? It was just weird. I couldn't get up on the bell and I'm talking about just the bar, bro. With a 45, I couldn't, couldn't I get I think up. it was mental, son. It might have been. It might have been, but look you're at me now. You just didn't want to do it. That's all. Look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Now, before you go, we'd love to get referrals for the show. Is there anyone you would like to come on this show and talk about this conversation and further it in manhood today? Yeah, man. I got a couple of people. I was... I actually was thinking about it before you asked, but I would have to contact them because, you know, people don't like being blindsided, but absolutely. Um, I'm thinking 
you know, a lot of people not, might not know the dude, but Royal Flush, he's an MC and his brain is is a brain. Pudgy, yeah. people, people who watch this show know who Pudgy the Fat Bastard is and know who Royal Flush is. Right now, somebody yeah. is smiling so hard. They, they can't, first of all, they've yeah. been smiling this whole episode, but now you just made they, they, they chin go all the way up here when you said Royal Flush, so. I can yeah, I got you. a couple of people, man. And I appreciate yeah. that. Now, before you go, I know you've done a lot of things recently. We like to hear what you're doing so we can support you, where you want us to go to put our energy towards your purpose and what you're doing. First of all, I gotta say, man, this show is fire. I like, <laughs> nah, man. Listen, I gotta give you your flowers, man. This the stuff you tap into is you on something big, bro. And I don't know if you even know that your steps are guided, but please don't stop. I don't care if it if it gets hard when you feel like you hit a wall, man. Find a way to renew I'm it. Be, I'm gonna totally be totally transparent with you, man. Um, the last forty eight hours. I hit a wall, bro. I got I got burnt. I had to figure out a way to refuel and re-energize and get back out here. And 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 I don't know what burnt me. You know, I don't know what it was because I'm a father, a full-time dad. I'm like, he stay at home, my three-year-old. But I have to maneuver around that. Plus, I changed my position in the marriage, and which is okay. I am now the guy who cooks for for my wife because she works. I try to lighten her load because she's moving around, making right. sure that we sustain where we are. So right. I don't know where I got burnt out at. I try not to get caught up in who's watching, how many views, how many likes, how many shares. I try not to train myself to be a part of none. I'm barely, a, people think I'm on social media. I post and I walk away because that can really take you somewhere, right? If you don't think people's paying attention to what you're doing. If, if you live in that mitigated mind space, I don't. So yeah, 48 hours I had to re replenish. And what I started doing what I talked to you guys about, I started go watching the sunrise every morning to let myself know that God woke me up another day and I'm enjoying this beauty. And I film it and I put it out so people can see that I'm enjoying life for this moment right here. So that's what I'm, that's what I, that was the remedy that I came up with to refuel this time around. So I appreciate you saying that 1000%. So um, I'm working on, I mean, again, I, you know, I'm always good with my material, so God bless. But um, I'm working on my new album. Uh, it, it, the title keeps changing, so it's either the Little Red Hen or Who Asked You Anyway. Um, but <laughs> my next single is called Price Tag. And after that, I'll probably release, uh, set that up. And I'm also working with Sweet Tea, legendary female MC. Uh, on her album, and I'm working with a new artist called Pyrex Black. Uh, super dope artist, and you know, I'm helping realize his dream. Super dope artist, super dope artist. And a new artist called uh, Drop Top Dre. So those are the projects I'm working on, and I'm working on them passionately. You know, people are asking me to write for stuff and write for people's albums. But I find now that I keep I don't like fragmenting things, right? I feel that if you keep helping everybody else build their house, it's going to rain and you're going to have nowhere to live. Mm. You you know, and most of those people aren't going to welcome you, welcome you in to stay in the house. And if they do, who, what man wants to stay in another man's house for more than half a night when it's raining? You're like, all right, got to go. So I'm building my own new house and 
I'm not giving as much bricks to other people's homes. Because every time I keep taking from my pile of bricks, I'm depleting it, but everyone's asking, I'm not giving brick to him, brick to him, brick to him. Their house is getting built and now I'm missing bricks. So- Hold on, I'm gonna cut you off right there just now. This is not Vlad TV. This is Solutions for Men. So he's talking about real houses to building real- <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking about like Mickey Mouse building. Yeah. Cement, red bricks. There you go. Building home, just brick let, and mortar. Letting them know. Building. Don't misconstrue none of that. Please. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's enough oh, of shout out to Vlad, man. Shout out to Vlad. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Vlad, but we, Vlad, but we don't, we don't, yeah, we don't, yeah. So um, I realized that if I'm helping other people build their house with the stones that I give them, um, they, they, they got their houses built and I'm just here with this slab of concrete, but I haven't started putting the stones and no architecture has taken place on my property. So I'm really just building my foundation, my compound, and surrounding myself with the people, with people that I, I want to benefit from my years of beating the beating the streets. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. So, sweet tea. I'm I'm honored to be working with a legend. You know, people call me a legend, but she came before me. Her first record was 1986, <clears throat> and um, it's an honor to work with the people who you looked up to. You know, when you laid in the bed and you looked at this girl's album every night and then you met her years later and y'all were friends and then she calls you years later and she's like, oh, you want to do my album with me? You're like, but you the real one. You was before me. It's an honor. You know what I'm saying? So I continue to be delighted by um, the respect for my talent and the ways that I can help other people by remaining focused, diligent, vigilant, and passionate about what I do and not trying to chase everything that comes across my TV screen. Oh, they doing that now. I got to do that. Oh, they doing that. I'm going to do that. Oh, nah. I stay focused on what I do. I let other people do what they do. And we meet in the middle because you do that and I do this and we get together and everything's going to be lit. So that's what I'm working on. I appreciate whoever, whether it's today, tomorrow, a year from now, whoever sees this interview. Uh, I just hope that you and I had a conversation that inspired someone or reignited or restored or helped someone realize something that they didn't see in themselves or something that they had accomplished that they didn't know, oh, I already am great. I just need to forge this and forge forward. So I appreciate you for that, bro. Hey, I appreciate you. I wanna say that you said you're working with people that you feel were legends that came before you. Let me preface this by saying I grew up in the Bronx. I was around when you were ascending, my friend. I was a child, but I have older Thanks, brothers. Bro. So don't think that your music did not come yeah. across my, my desk. And oh, yeah. today was I an exciting moment for me to reconnect nah, same here. and be like, I've met you when I was a child, but I met you through your music. But now I get to meet you and I get to dive Thanks. a little deeper and have this information. So listen, it's full circle for me. I appreciate being here today. I appreciate, I appreciate you. Moment. And the culmination of God preparing me through my life's journey to sit here in front of you, how many roads and avenues I took just to land us at this one point of thinking and mental mental elevation. So I thank you for that. Right, right. For those listening, you can reach me at solutionsformen at gmail.com to be a guest on mm. the show or at Sheen One on all platforms. Let's continue this conversation on Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, or in the streets if you see me. Let's chop it up. We end today's show with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. 
True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and purpose in pursuit of personal excellence. So question of the day, question of your life, are you maximizing your life? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Solutions. Pudgy the Fat Bastard, hand on your heart. I appreciate you, man. Peace out. Bye, bro.